to classified data. Welcome to the full force. The team Warrant Officer Flint is about to assemble is no ordinary group of people. They are drawn from the world's best military sources, experts in their chosen fields. Combined, they form the most able set of specialists ever assembled. Their name... Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of your favourite slash not favourite podcast with your friendly neighbourhood toy gimps, Eddie Inman, Dave Tree, myself Chris McLeod and a very special guest presenter, variant expert and all-round top fella, Steve Dawson. It is officially 2016 and we would all like to wish our listeners a very happy new year and hope it is a good one all round, especially for Action Force and G.I. Joe. On this year in review episode, we have the top five news stories of 2015 discussed in depth with Justin Bell, Mike Irizarry and Gabe. Gabe? And Gar- <laughs> <laughs> Who's Gabe? Gabe Godso. And Gary Godso oh, right. from What's on Joe Mind. A vehicle review and from the vault centred around the awesome Q4 Swordfish, and we look at our top five figures, vehicles and comics from this past year. Don't worry, there won't be any major changes to the show, we are still strong on knob jokes. As always, you can keep up with the show after listening by following on Twitter at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Full Force, and if you'd like to contact the show, you can write to us via email on thefullforce at allthecoolstuff.co.uk with feedback, questions, or to ask how many helmet jokes are too many. You can view content regarding the show on www.thefullforce.com. It's been quite a while since Steve was on the show, but you are mentioned pretty much every episode, mate. So for all the new listeners, or for people that just don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your collector focus, please. Well, thanks. Well, my main job is always to see how many times I can get name dropped on each episode of the show without being there. <laughs> so I think I've been quite busy over the last year on that front. Yeah, you've, um, been, you've been in like every episode, I think. I know, and a lot of people will be like, who am I? He doesn't really exist, does he? But that's that's true. I don't. This is all just an illusion. Um, anyway, certainly my main focus, I've always been a vintage toy collector. So over the years, I started off building up just my Action Force collection, filling out from when I was a kid. Um, It all got a bit carried away from there, so I ended up with a full collection of loose, full collection of mint on cards. Nice. Um, It's been downsized ever so slightly over the last year or so. Thanks to Eddie. There may be a direct link between what you got in over... Well, I've just been like his feeder, Um, so that's that's been good. Um, So... But no, certainly I would say I'm more of a vintage collector. I don't really deal with a lot of the modern stuff unless something really catches my eye. Uh, That goes a lot for other toy lines as well. Um, I used to have an awful lot of sort of late 70s and early 80s vintage toys of all sorts. But uh, but yeah, 
not again not so much lately um so yeah there's uh... been <laughs> yeah so so when i say i've been um, feeding eddie it has just been what you got in has basically for the last year been what i got out well, yeah or, um... <laughs> so what you got out you've been feeding eddie that sounds really gross yeah, and, yeah. And we're off already let's, let's go it doesn't take long to get the first kind of innuendo well, that, just leave it it's not very long chris that i'd still fit in nicely with the what i got out and fed eddie <laughs> yeah so um it was all over mate. so <laughs> so on that note um that's a little bit about me what are you keeping if, you, if you're downsizing a little bit what stuff are you kind of actually take keeping hold of at the moment is marriage <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable chris to be fair because um the whole a lot of the stuff that i've been downsizing from has been um stuff from the loft right so there came a stage where i was looking at it probably about a year and a half ago and wondering how much was too much and it was very apparent that i'd taken too much ran with it and just kept going so I mean, I've certainly, I've got my I don't full know what you're talking about, but... collection, Mint on Cards, um, still Series 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. A load of the variants. I've still got my Mega Dukes of Hazard full collection and all the variants and things like that. Nice. Battle of the Planets. I've still got all my loose stuff. I, just before Christmas, and Dave will probably cry at this point, um, eBayed off my loose Star Wars collection. Uh, all of it to complete the week before The Force Awakens came out. Dave would have uh, felt a disturbance in The Force wouldn't you dave at that stage uh, oh. um, yeah so um, think, so yeah there's been disturbance in his foreskin yeah. <laughs> oh. oh and we're back on that yes. <laughs> So that's a little bit of my collecting background and also part of, I guess, what's been going on over the last year. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we've got you in for the uh, all the vintage bits of the show, like the figure of you. We'll keep you well away from the uh, <laughs> from the, the top fives of 2015, et cetera, et cetera. I was going to say, because my top fives of 2015 have been, none of it is all shit. <laughs> it's all in the bottom fives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, how, how's how's Dave and Eddie? Let's start with uh, Eddie. How are you getting on, buddy? I'm I'm on on fire, Chris. Uh, I'm hip and happening. Uh, I'm down with the kids. <laughs> Get away from uh, the kids. I'm, Step I'm away on, from the kids. I'm I'm on it like a car bonnet. Is that why it's on fire? Indeed. <laughs> I'm there, and I just don't care. Have you got these written down? Tell me you've got these written down. No, no. No, I'm, I'm just being a, I'm just being a knob. Okay. Um, I, I was waiting for. Yes. I'm here and I'm queer as well. I was waiting for that I'm, one. I'm here and I'm queer. Um, <laughs> up the bum, but don't tell mum. In uh, fact, these. In fact, Steve Dawson's name has been mentioned more times than that phrase, and you use that phrase about four times an episode. So yes, that should yes. give you an idea of just how much of a institution Steve Dawson is to the full force. Yep. In a way, uh, who, who like gets it... more shout outs though? Is it Steve or Nick at Toys and Games? I reckon it's uh... ID Toys and Games and Boys. <laughs> well, already you've given Nick another notch on the old uh, bedpost. <laughs> happy birthday, Nick. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday for yesterday. Yes. Happy 40th birthday, Nick. And remember, life begins at 40. Just like John Lennon's. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one ticked off the gags list, isn't it, Eddie? He did that last. Yeah! He, did, he did that for Dave last episode as well, didn't you, Eddie? Yes. <laughs> 
John oh, Lennon. Did, did John I... Lennon gets more shout outs actually. <laughs> out of the... Although although Dave's forty next month, aren't you, Dave? Indeed. No way. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. You see, we all can't believe that, Dave. <laughs> That, that just throws out the whole timing of when they actually filmed one through over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. <laughs> and when they started filming uh, The Next Generation. <laughs> oh, Engage number one. Already with the hair jokes. <laughs> Okay. Well, we, to be honest, we've we've done all the quota of all of the running gags, so uh, we you can just we can start some new ones. That's no, pressure. no, we can't. No, yeah, no, we can't. Screw that noise. Um, uh, just just go back a little bit, uh, Chris. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Um, <laughs> Dave, I'm I'm cool. I'm groovy. Oh, Dave, you sound sad. What's up? <laughs> I'm not well. <laughs> hey, do you feel rubbish? That's why I keep having to run off. Oh. Uh, are you, uh, are you, are you, have you got poo-poo troubles? Have you got the squits? Now, Dave, you're uh, using the expression run off in a hypothetical oh. manner, aren't you? Do you have lots of tears in your eye? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, poor Dave. Okay, then, mate. Well, we'll... um. <laughs> You we'll just, talk for we'll just talk take, for hours. Take the in. take the computer into the toilet with you. We don't mind the odd battle <laughs> every now and again. Just... <laughs> you can just blame the flooding in Fording Bridge, mate. Yeah. Just say, can you hear that water flowing past? Oh, it's, it's so yeah. brown. <laughs> You've sunk my battle. <laughs> uh, and then you'll be oh, then technically you'll be scogging. That's Skype on the bog, by the way. <laughs> I can't believe it's even got a name, Chris. Well, only because I came up with it. I don't think it's an official name. No. <laughs> Quick, put oh. it on the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> with copyright Chris McLeod. Yeah. He invented scogging. That's something that I think I would probably be famous for. We'll but... put that on your headstone <laughs> when you're gone. <laughs> the best scogger around. Can you imagine uh, how big Chris's headstone will need to be? Well, that would be a fringe stone on top yeah. of the headstone. You'll have like a... a pyramid <laughs> just to get your hair in but, <laughs> they'll just build it on top of all the other people anyway right see um, i'm just envisaging a perfectly normal headstone but then with an enormous like fringe carved yeah, on the top like, of it yeah, like a big wave just stuck on top yeah I can deal with that and as you're younger than all of us chris will you'll you'll get the last laugh well you never know i'm not sure i've seen a headstone with a massive ego before though you think i've got a massive ego <laughs> i'm really joking. that hurts that hit me that hit me hard because it's true eddie <laughs> that hit me so hard because it's actually true <laughs> Stone with a massive emo. That too. <laughs> emo Phillips. <laughs> uh, Does anybody even remember who that guy was? No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google that. Well, you'll say, uh, "Here lies gay icon Chris." From <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. just be just be thankful, Chris, that already some of me has been cremated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so I've already started that process. You started the process. You've already, uh, yes, yeah, uh, uh, quite a long time ago as well. It's just slightly worrying. So there you are. Brills. Right. So, oh, okay. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for telling us who Emo Phillips is. <laughs> Isn't he the one who did the razors? <laughs> that was Dave Benson Probably. Phillips. No, that was none. <laughs> no. What did Dave Benson Phillips do? Screwdrivers. Anyway. Uh, I'm joking. None of that's true. Right, we're gonna we're gonna move into the year in review with what's on Joe Mind now. 
We have a special year-end news segment with this show, running down our favorite G.I. Joe news items of the year. For the news, the year in review, the top ten news stories from a G.I. Joe perspective, we had number ten... The new rank and file, a guide to four-inch G.I. Joe action figures, was released by uh, noted author James Cavanaugh. Dave, Eddie, and Chris spoke to James Cavanaugh Jr. way back in July on Series 2, Episode 2. In that interview, they discussed a number of James projects, including the wonderful rank and file guide for the modern incarnation of our favorite figures. In 2015, noted author James Cavanaugh started his run of updated guidebooks with a look at the 25th anniversary line, covering the gamut from 2007 to 2009, including Hasbro's big splash back to retail. This book is a must-read for any G.I. Joe fan, and if you don't own it yet, go get it. It's available at rahcguide.com. Right, a different take on the news today. We have with us the stellar team from What's on Joe Mind, minus Justin Bell, who is just doing the Force Ghost voice segments today. But we have with us Gary Godso, Mike Irizarry, and Joe Colton. Guys, fantastic to have you with us tonight. We are going to go through the top 10 year in review news stories. Let's first of all have a little chat about how you guys are getting on at the moment. Let's start with Joe, who hasn't been on the show yet with us. So Joe, tell us all about yourself and also what you've been up to recently. Okay, most of you probably know me from all of the G.I. Joe costumes that I've done. I run the uh, finest G.I. Joe costume club around the world. There's over 200 uh, members and we just just wrapped up uh, this year's charity calendar, which was for the USO, and we collected almost $10,000. Congratulations. Um, hey, well thank done. Thank you. Last year we did it. And in spent a, it all uh, on wine, yeah? <laughs> That's right. It's all about the wine. Last year we did uh, the USO, and we had over $10,000 for them. So <laughs> each year we pick a different veteran organization as the charity. Awesome. Very nice. And this is the first time on the show. So it how is. on a level of 1 to 10... One being zero excited, I know, zero being zero excited, technically, and 10 being change your name exciting. How excited are you? 15. <laughs> Brilliant. So you're at a Bernard. <laughs> this is, Bernard, this is, Bernard level. The, the, we're at the Bernard uh, reward level. Amazing. Wow. Right. Yeah. Said, I didn't know where he was going when he says change your, and I'm like, what, change your, oh, come on, yeah. don't say it. On a sex, oh, on a change, sex your, change. change your name. Oh, name. Okay. You're lucky. And because Gary's talking, I'm going to go straight in and ask how Gary's getting on. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Gary's doing well, from what I understand. Gary, uh, uh, I see him, uh, I see him one day a couple weeks ago. He looked to be in good spirits. Uh, uh, you know, the, the health seemed to be good. He was one of the few people at the table who was not coughing and hacking so i would say gary is fine good on you gaza good How, how's the family gary how's how's big ali g how's the how's the other half how are the kids how, how are you getting on buddy oh the other half and the uh the kiddo are doing great uh mom and dad currently if you're thinking if you're asking about big al big they ali are g getting ready getting ready to go on a caribbean cruise so they are doing beyond well nice. better than me right now nice yeah wow. yeah that, yeah we come we are not allowed to go definitely no, no, not. actually i'm jealous they're going to saint martin in the caribbean they're gonna oh. go to the beach Ooh. where they see the airplanes uh just skim right over that beach really really close my dad always wants to see that and i wanted to see that and he's gonna beat me to it so oh, i am jealous son of a bitch. So obviously yeah but uh <laughs> you know i figure I figure I better save money for rollout roll call instead of going Yay. on any of You definitely coming, Gary. That is the plan. Sweet. That is the plan with Big Al in tow. Big Ali G. So uh, once again, yeah, oh, once again, we, we, do the, 
Yeah. With, without Mike being there this year, we could redo the rankings, and maybe I might go up a rank. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> you'll, um, you'll just get sick again or something. And I, just... it's, 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 I, I hope to climb in the writer's pole. Forget the coaches. Every... <laughs> I'm just saying. That it's, only, it's Mike, really... only Mike and Chris got that one. I don't expect anybody else to listen to this podcast to get that one. <laughs> And Mike, how are you doing, buddy? Sorry to leave you last, but you know um, that's, that's fine. That's how, it's, that's how I, I, it, it lends to my sense of gravitas. Yeah, exactly. Mike's used to it. He's used to it. Coming he last. He brings up the like, yeah. He's the caboose. <laughs> he's he's point man, right? No, that's the front. So yeah, yeah how you, I've, I've got everybody six. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, how are you right. getting on, buddy? How's life? Uh, we're, you know, we're we're sneaking through. It's it's the busy time of the year at work, so uh, I am, am in kind of blender mode because it it's funny. The busier I am at work, the more apt I am to get other stuff done. Yeah. Because this, you get so riled up and fired up and stuff. And I have been the last week and a half or so sending out emails and trying to track down voice talent for interviews. Oh, that's cool. So ho- hopefully we'll start hearing back on some of that uh, coming soon and. And we'll actually have some some neat content for folks coming up in, in 2016. Fantastic. You'll have to let us know after the podcast is recorded so I don't have to edit anything out um, who you've got lined up. No. Okay, brilliant. Thanks. Um, right. I don't, I, don't have anybody, I don't have anybody lined up yet. There's a okay. problem. That's fair enough. Um, right. Screw you guys. We're not telling you anything. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> we, we will see. Um, I don't know what that means. And I don't know how we could have any kind of sway in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Um, right, we so had to, we had to give five bucks to Joe Colton to get her on the show. Yeah, we've we've paid Joe to be on. <laughs> Some would call it an overpay, but hey, she's a friend. <laughs> five bucks. <laughs> okay, so we are going to be looking at the year in review. The year being 2015. Obviously, it's 2016 now. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy um, New Year. Uh, I actually I wrote my rent I wrote my rent check and I put 2013 on the deadline. <laughs> You are, are you you're in the past. Back? Stop living in the past, Mike. I know that is that is not a lie. That is not a stupid joke told for everyone's merriment. I actually did that on January second. Well done. I believe you did something like that. I believe it. Yeah. I'm not laughing. Yeah, th- yeah. Let's have a somber moment for Mike for doing that for a second. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing that people with Alzheimer's do. Uh, <laughs> sorry, buddy, but the end is near. <laughs> It's all right. I've been hitting the head a lot. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. The end is near. <laughs> Eddie, is, Eddie is so final. We're all taking it like men. It's fine. Uh, speaking uh, of I've taking that, it like men. I've heard that about yourself. I've been to three straight rollout roll calls. So. Yeah, we've, we've, we've all taken it <laughs> like men. straight. Um, and I'm including Joe in that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So because this is the year in review... We're going to start at number 10, obviously, that being the Rank and File Guide by um, a a little-known author by the name of James Kavanagh, Jr. Now, first off, do you guys have the book? Have you supported your friend James Kavanagh, Jr.? Who? (laughs) Who? It's it's noted author James. Oh Kavanaugh. sorry. Oh oh that guy. Oh that sorry. Yeah, yes. It's the first. It's <laughs> like it's like if someone's knighted, they've got to have that MBE or OBE before their name. So yeah, I can see that. The Americans sure. don't understand that, Chris. That's fine. I will put something in the show notes to explain. Um, <laughs> You'll get used to it, Bernard. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, I'm, not... I'm Canadian. I understand that. I'm gonna. I'm glad you res- you responded to being called Bernard then as well, Joe. That's amazing. <laughs> When, um, when do we get to Brian? <laughs> yeah, we've got like 
so many people on this podcast tonight. So yeah, uh, Gary, do you own the book? Yeah, of course. Or I say own. Did you did you just take one when he wasn't looking? <laughs> yeah, the box opened up. I said, Dad, this is mine. I'll just pay you back later. <laughs> Never. Never happened. No, uh, uh, surely, no uh, James... I was, I was going to say, surely James should be paying you to take copies of his book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. I, I have been at least informationally involved in these books going back to 2006. Yeah. First New Orleans convention when he says, he comes up to me. I, I remember we, I, we were in a restaurant somewhere near Bourbon Street and he was drinking and he, he comes to me and says, I, I, I want to do a book. And I thought for sure the alcohol was what was talking and I wasn't really <laughs> talking to real James. And he mentioned he, he wanted to do a real book and he had a good portion of the book completed about two years later and his external hard drive uh, went to crap oh my god yeah he mentioned and lost lost a good portion of it i think he lost about 90 percent of it something oh. some big number at that point i think anybody else would have said ah, i'm done yeah uh, it was it was a good idea but i'm not redoing 90 90 percent and it, it was hundreds and hundreds of hours that he oh. of work and man the man went back and redid it came out of his first book so the, the second books he's been talking about for just about the time that the the first book came out because everyone was wanting more interested you, you have the o-ringers like us but then you have everyone else that's interested in the modern era for the new people that just jumped onto the hobby and then he's like well i, I want a modern era book so he he, he didn't keep in mind these are self-published yeah so he's not sending them to a publisher and he, so that's why the the rank and file guide is, is a little bit smaller than the the original book because it's going to come out with you know just the 25th and the next one will be rise of cobra sure. yeah yeah uh, the next one will be uh, i forget the 30th i think and so on and so on yeah. so forth pursuit of cobra so and, yeah the work that he did for the front cover and the back cover of this book just just awesome yeah just simply awesome how how he was able to replicate uh G.I. Joe number one and then yearbook uh, number one on the back cover with the Cobra stuff. So he neat, he yeah. works very hard. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he makes very much money on these. So whatever money he does make, it certainly doesn't pay him back equally for all the time he spent just to make these things. True, yeah. But they are priceless guides in terms of making sure that your collection is complete. I mean, he breaks it down in minutiae. Uh, you would think he has some, some level of OCD with the way he breaks it down but i hate to say this but james is pretty normal <laughs> <laughs> well so, well the guy the guy's great i can't <laughs> say i can't say anything else about the guy that I, I just echo what you said earlier if you don't have it you need to have it totes mike anything to add on that no uh, just as being as somebody who's been in the process about the same length of time uh, just and, and again i don't want to make it sound like we've really done any any measurable amount of work. This is James's blood, sweat, and tears, and other stuff, and and sometimes other fluids. <laughs> but he comes to us just just to bounce ideas and things like that. We we don't have a ton of of actual influence on what he does. He's gonna he's gonna do what he thinks is right, and he always has. But they are essential. They are fantastic. I I was just actually I've been using my RH RAHC guide. Yeah. Just to get those figures back together and in some kind of order in my own personal collection. Yeah. And uh, and the the new one, the rank and file is it, it's that degree of of detail all over again, just with the the new construction figures. If you don't have it, uh, you need to do yourself a favor and track one down. And uh, Joe, do you have this book? I do. I uh, I lent James my other half for a weekend as payment. <laughs> what did he do? I, be I, I bet the other half came back well used. Huh? <laughs> 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 Pickled, I'd imagine as well. Oh, 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 hope you ran him through the dishwasher when he got home. I did. I did. <laughs> Turn him 
inside out, put them through the dishwasher. Yeah. 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 <laughs> took him to rack. the doctor, got all his shots again, and let him in the house after I uh, I hosed Good him swabbing. Down. It doesn't matter how many <laughs> shots you, he takes. Uh, there's some, some stuff that James has actually created himself. Like, he's got cultures in his body that are just new to this civilization. So, right. good luck. <laughs> Thanks. In many ways, he's a lucky man. Very few people can say that. <laughs> we love James, for the record. We're, we're, we, we tease because we care. Yes. Absolutely. But you never hear and, James deny it. Yeah, And totally. because we're, we're awful, awful people. <laughs> Dave and Eddie, anything to add on that book, guys? No. It's got some um, pages in it. It's got stuff. pages in it. It's got some pictures in it. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. I've, um, I've yet to get a copy because I thought he was going to be coming to roll out roll call last year. Brilliant. So I was going to... I was holding off from buying a copy to like bump up the sales figures for when he came over. <laughs> but uh, I did manage to uh, horribly deface a copy of it, care of uh, Ke- Kevin Watts, who uh, wanted me to, to um, carry on the tradition of destroying things. Oh, uh, the Adam Rich's Bombardier card art yeah, story. Yeah, by, by uh, uh, the mode great, of uh, marker pen. by the way. That was a great story. It's not great. It was hilarious. Dave, it's the funniest thing that's ever happened in, in his human history. And that is that you were drawing knobs all over Bombardier. And Adam Riches, the, the person that has created the art, standing behind you, looking at you do it, was saying, that's funny. It was for, it was for him, wasn't it? No, it was for, no. It was for Kevin, Kevin Watts. Watts. It was for Kevin. Oh, it was for Kevin Watts. Okay. So and Adam, Kevin was, Adam Riches Kevin was standing behind Adam Riches. Hadn't so met he, he hadn't met Dave at this point, so Dave didn't know who it was. That was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then he then, turns around and he's there. And I took like a bunch of pictures as it happened. It was the funniest thing ever. But the beauty part was Adam knew exactly what was going on. Like not exactly what was going on, but he knew that Dave wasn't being a douche about his art. It was just, you know, Yeah, but, he was. But it was just so in like and Dave, your face, it just like you were just like it all the blood drained from it and you were just like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm, and then it all came back, but in like a darker red. <laughs> well, keep in mind, you're from England, so you're already pretty pasty. So it was yeah. it, it was near death pasty. It was. It was like see-through. He went transparent, <laughs> and then he went bright, like uber scarlet. It was hilarious. So, number nine. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to add a level to it, you know, Chris, of course, was right there. I was right there with a, a clean sightline of the whole thing and confused by the entire incident. The other front row spectator, Kirk Bazigian. Oh no! Yeah, I, 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 he was there with his wife, and I. And, and you were I drawing actual it. penises on it, weren't no, you? No, 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 no. I was holding it behind me because I don't want it to. No, his uh, the picture that he'd been drawing oh, okay. on. But, he, but you I, might, I, to be honest, I had, I had it hidden but, behind but me. They say knobs, Joe. They're, they're they are talking about penises. They're not talking about I, doorknobs. I know. Okay, that's what he was drawing on Bombardier. I feel like you you misunderstand. I come from the British system, not the American slang. <laughs> no, you're just Canadian. No one cares. They <gasps> do too. Do you want me to play so O Canada? Like Bernard like that. We <laughs> we have to we have to slow things down since Joe's come on the show. Um, we gotta talk slower. Yeah. <laughs> not from the south. <laughs> Canada. When you say the South, do you mean like Minnesota? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does that be the South? <laughs> yeah. So we're saying he's got toothache. <laughs> toothache. <clears throat> so we're saying Canada, just like Deliverance. Yeah. Right. But cold. Essentially, yes. Deliverance, but colder. Yes. Is it? 
Is it like cold deliverance? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's right. I'm going to squeal like a, I'm gonna make you squeal <laughs> like an ice cream boy. <laughs> I'm going to make you squ- squeal like a moose. <laughs> All right, I agree with Dave, number nine. Yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> Come on, Justin Bell, tell us number nine. Come on, Justin, what the hell? Um. Okay, so number nine. Number nine in the top ten news items of 2015, Mark Webber as G.I. Joe brand manager. Over the past couple of years, it's been somewhat uncertain who was steering the ship at Hasbro for our favorite brand, but early in 2015, the G.I. Joe Collectors Club broke the news that Mark Webber was the new go-to guy at the helm of G.I. Joe. Fresh off some incredible success with the Transformers line, Joe fans everywhere were enthusiastic about the potential fresh start and a new look at different ways collectors in the brand we love can interact. With the whole Kindle Worlds event and the evolution of Hasbro Pulse, things certainly seem to be moving in a good direction. Do we agree with Justin on that? Number but- eight. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you shouted there, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you take the bullet for this one. What do you think, Mark? How do you think Mark's been doing in this particular, you know, since the news that we had from Joe Con? Do you think, well, just give us your thoughts. From the point of view, it, it, it's very quick for to be able to like jump on people and then say, we... well, it's been like yeah. six months. We've not seen anything. What the hell's going on? But like the toy development process is a, is a lot more sort of complex than that. And yeah. it does take a bit longer. At the point when we saw him at Springfield, he just entered into that role. So it's going to take a little while for his influence to start to take an effect. So at the moment, it feels like maybe you've not really seen many results from that but going into 2016 hopefully we'll start seeing a little bit more on that front certainly maybe things like the the kindle worlds is something that was uh one of those initiatives that he he brought in you know like a, a fans vote in that sense but i think it's a little unfair to really kind of judge too much right now um, because at the point when he was brought in what product development was being done was already set in stone at that point because yeah. they announced a joke on so 2016 is the year for Mark. Come on, Mark. Do you think, do you think he had much input in that stuff that they were showing at JoeCon? Do you think he had any input at all, or do you think he was just yeah. delivering it? Yeah, I, 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 believe he, I believe he had some input into it, uh, specifically the Gary Head figure or the Gary Goggles figure. Yeah. But I, I think he's, he's really known for, for three big things right now. And let me preface this by saying I, I think all of us met him at JoeCon with the exception of, of Eddie. Come on, Eddie. you got to get to a JoeCon sometime. Uh, yes. Otherwise, we're going to change your name to Chuck. Um, <clears throat> Ooh, ouch! <laughs> Cheddy. Mm. I, I I now need to put I need to put on three hundred pounds and get very sweaty. <laughs> That's staying in. That is staying oh. in. Um, cool. And talk I, I'm gonna go- <laughs> Yes, I, I'm, I'm actually gonna. I intend to move back in with my mother in the basement. <laughs> okay. Oh. That's it's getting real. It's getting Talk really... about opening up a can that I can't put away right now. Yeah. Um, yeah anyways, uh, we all met him at JoeCon. He is he is really one of us. He, I mean, if, if for Mike and I specifically, he's one of us because he's a huge sports fan. I, I think he he, he went to uh, Arizona to do sports broadcasting of some point. Yeah, they did uh, mention or, Arizona that State. Yeah. You know, you can even tell that he's a sports fan when he when he introduced a bazooka calling it in his road whites. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So uh, he, he's definitely one of – he spent hours talking to the fans. I, I, he was extremely approachable and available to talk to. It wasn't like talking – coming up to someone and they, he's like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, God, I got to listen to another fanboy. He was listening to everybody talk about everything. He came on the, – the, we had a, uh, a soundbite of him coming on the show and everything. Awesome guy. 
But really, I, I think at this point in time, we know him for three things. Okay, so he's going to get credit for the 2015 Toys R Us line, whether it was in production before him or not. He's going to get credit for that. He's going to get credit for the Kindle Worlds thing. Yeah. Okay. And I think the third thing is he's going to get credit, and we'll talk about this later in the show. He's going to get credit for moving the collector's club license right yeah we'll bottle that and uh and release yeah. that kraken in, <laughs> in a few numbers i think it's too early too, it's too early to tell i think the 2015 line did okay yeah the kindle world's uh vote well you you already know how i feel about fan votes and we'll talk about the the change in license for the collector club later so aggressive. But I, it's still too early, too too early to tell. It's too early to tell. Yeah, Do, yeah, that, that's fair enough. Are you in a positive frame of mind for the future, or should we hold on to that for a little bit? It's like sixty forty positive right now. Right. Because the the collectors club is a big part of it. Yeah. And if that if that goes to what we're going to discuss about later, if that goes all to hell, because we just simply don't have any details right now, that that really could swing. I could be like, dude, that's just a horrible decision, or uh, maybe it works out to be better. I don't know. We'll say when we get there, we'll talk about it. Sure, cool. I am generally okay with the direction of things from a brand standpoint, simply because there is a direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the fact that there hasn't been new product for a couple of years is because they weren't developing any new product for the two years before that, when they basically fired all their designers and. You know, obviously, that's why we have Boss Fight Studio and yeah. some other smaller companies. Um, and and they moved John Warden over to Transformers and basically pulled you know pulled whatever teeth he had out of his mouth. <laughs> and so there there was no interest, no money, no resources, no anything being dedicated to GI Joe. They were just slapping together some parts and seeing what would fit and push pushing that out. And that's it. It, it did okay. I, I, it really could have gone a lot worse. I think for the amount of time that that those folks were able to spend on G.I. Joe, we got really good product, but it was definitely making uh, making silk out of a sow's ear. It, so it's it's nice that there is somebody in, in charge, nice that there is uh, some thought being paid to the brand. Yeah. I still maintain, and I've said this from the beginning, is that don't expect the status quo. Yeah. You know, I, I think once G.I. Joe finally gets up and going, it's going to be something that's different. Yeah. You know, something like a Sigma 6, something like a... a uh, I'm out. <laughs> but, but you get what I'm saying. It, yeah, it's probably totally. still going to be four inches, but it's, you know, it's going to be a 118th style figure. But it's going to be a very different theme than what we've seen before, because what, what was happening before didn't work from a mass retail standpoint. It either has to do something that everything else successful is doing, or... It has to do something completely different and create success out of something, you know, new and original. Exactly. I, I, that's what I feel like. Is, is it has to go one of those two ways. It can't keep doing what it's doing. But again, so we're getting into um, into a different realm here that I'll uh, I want to keep for a little bit later. Hey, Chris, Mike, just uh, to point out, this is for our regular listeners. Uh, with six fifty three left to go, or six fifty three left to go on the first quarter, it's uh, Redskins eight, Green Bay Packers zero. I could have done that. I could have done that because I just saw that happen as well. Going for nine with the extra point, so we'll call it. There was a safety involved here, folks. Yes. Oh, yeah. What happens there is a member of the Packers was caught farting in the end zone (laughs) and did not call safety. That was my favorite game in uh, in the states um, because no one told me about that, and then I I did I did a fart and I got punched in the arm. I think that's how because and but they and they and I was like what the f- what what WTF? So you got to say safety if you do that. 
I'm like, oh, okay. So from then so on, so you got punched in. You got punched in the arm when someone was making love to you. Was it? <laughs> yes, that is I, correct. I got punched in the. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so number eight, number eight, number yep, eight, number definitely. Eight. Well, let's move on from that. Uh, no matter what anyone has to say, um, <laughs> punched in the. Punched in the. And like moving on. Number eight in the top ten news stories of the year was the Kindle World's fan vote. At JoeCon earlier this year, it was announced that fans would be able to vote for their favorite Kindle Worlds character based on books written by myself, Jim Beard, Bill Nedro, and Troy Osgood. It was a great way to bring fans and writers together and helped forge a bond between myself and the other three members of the contest. While Bill Nedro's stiletto ran away with a prize, I think I speak for most collectors when I say that I hope Hasbro finds a way to get more new characters out to retail shelves. The fact that collectors, fans, and authors are the genesis of this foray into new avenues is a great thing. So, first of all, let's start off with, you know, being being someone that has created something as a fan. Joe, we'll come to you. Now, mm-hmm. you, obviously, you have taken the kind of cosplay thing and run with it as a fan. Yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah the, cu- the whole cosplay <laughs> thing. Yeah, You know, thing. that just bang. <laughs> I couldn't think of a word. It's not that I'm being, what's the word exactly? Uh, it's not that being a d- it's just that I'm stupid. So, <laughs> I am also being wait, a d- wait, 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 wait. Joe does... Soto's cosplay? Apparently, apparently so. What is that? That was Gary. <laughs> so, with that in mind, do you... Cosby? Yeah. You do a... <laughs> Bill cosplay. Don't. Another one. This is Don't. going downhill. Don't. <laughs> going? We're at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> no, Joe. Oh, so we're, we're in a bottom. So, based on, um, based on the... Kids these so days this... don't know the jazz. <laughs> So is this fun, fancy dress, isn't it? Is that, is that your version of Cosby? <laughs> <laughs> it's just another one of those wonderful impressions. It can go up there with... Selena with your washing Was it Indian, de- Indian doctor for Arnie? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Indian pharmacist, yes. Oh that was incredible. Oh. You asked me to do that impression, and I nailed it. Yeah, you it. did. Dungeon master. <laughs> Who's your daddy? What does Dungeon master's oh, a yeah, good exactly. one, too. You said, do uh, me an Indian Arnie, and you got okay, one. So Indian Arnie is yeah. Major Blood. Oh, Major Blood Orange. <laughs> so coming back to Joe, um, Blorange. based on the Blorange. fact that obviously you've done something from a fan's perspective and turned it into you mm-hmm. know, something bigger, do you think this is a good way to go with um, you know kind of releasing figures or just doing fan votes in general? Do you think it's a good thing to do? I enjoy that there's there's that much interest from fans to create something new i get really cautiously optimistic or pessimistic depending on what it is exactly um as long as the the character that's created fits in with the line and has a purpose is inventive and and brings some fresh look to the character that i'm i'm totally for so i i like i've read uh several of the kindle world books yeah. and some are better than others nice that was very poli- that was Which very one? politician of you <laughs> <laughs> so so what what you're saying is justin's isn't very good is what you're saying <laughs> and beep and your first bleep folks comes from joe <laughs> Hey, it was. It's been a while. Like we've been on for like an hour. Yeah, you just you let rip. Know? To be honest, in fact, <laughs> do you have to call on. Chuck, Chuck's on. You can add him to the call. No, that's okay. Please, please don't. But as I'm a not. fan, I, I see um, new things coming in, um, refreshing the, the the fan base and and the brand, and and giving them ideas yeah. of what they can do to the brand. <laughs> do you? Th- 
Yeah, um, I mean, is this when, when uh, obviously Stiletto being a female character as well, mm-hmm. is that something that you like seeing is kind of the, the more of the kind of females being pushed in this, uh, you know, in this kind of what is effectively often referred to as quite a boyish brand? I do like that there's more females. I, I was surprised to have to see two females put up for a yeah. vote. Uh, because it's it's male dominated, but not that um, I don't know the industry as a whole. There's a lot more females collecting than there are, you know, than there were back when I was growing sure. up. So I was. That's a, a very in, that's a very interesting way to to ask Joe if she's all about the ladies. Yeah. Are you all about the yeah? I do like boobs. I I adore. Sweet. Boobs. That makes all that of us. That is a sample. <laughs> That will be used in every single show. So remember, the show is called The Full Force, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to just be called I Love Boobs from now on. I Love Boobs. Brilliant. There was a couple times she grabbed Debbie's at Joe Oh. I did. I motorboated her. <laughs> okay, we're going, have a quick, we're going to have a quick break there, guys. Um... Chris is off of the... Uh, I finished ages ago. Chris loves boobs so much, he's actually started growing his own pair. <laughs> yeah, in a jar. Um, <laughs> no, I, on your, on your Have chest. Have I, Eddie? Yeah, I couldn't help but notice in one of the pictures on Facebook. You're such a b- I am, yes. coming, coming back to Joe. But, but, <laughs> coming back to Joe's boobs and leaving mine alone. Joe. For anyone who may be listening and at JoeCon this year, the drink of choice is tequila. Yes, and Justin fun, Bout will be having some. Fun fact, buy Joe some tequila. <laughs> interesting things will happen. Yay. And keep buying them. Yes. Right. Gary John Gary. might not be a fan, but everyone else will like I it. I was going to save up for the concept, but I think I'll just... I'll just go straight for the booze. All right. Anywho, um, it's turning into a Norkfest. <laughs> a Norkestra. Yeah. Right. So there's Norks everywhere. About, let's, let's play with some Norks. What about Eddie? How do you feel about fans being given the opportunity to almost kind of like choose a character? Well, anything that keeps it alive and anything that just keeps people interested is a worthwhile thing isn't it yes yeah because at the end of the day you know there's there's lots of changes at the moment and not everything is working out how some of the fans would like but you know just to keep it alive and to keep people interested and do all these things to keep it going uh it's just going to be beneficial for the for everyone at large you know because kids aren't necessarily interested in it but the adults are so we just need to keep it going gary you have quite a sordid past with the uh just in general no with the um the fan vote stuff <laughs> yeah. um what what are your thoughts on the kindle world did, did you uh, you know i know you were jokingly saying fix earlier on but is you know is that what are your thoughts on the whole thing uh, let me go back to what eddie said that you know it's good for good for the hobby in, in theory you know you're gonna you're turning this making this a democratic process for the fans other fandoms have done it i know star wars have done it and some other fandoms and that's great the problem I have with these fan votes is I, I always call the results dubious unless I can see the final results. Yeah. For the Devil's Due one, we never that that we got that everyone had to have that cover girl and, and that spirit and that Hannibal yeah. figure. Okay, I never saw the results. The the one that had uh, which was the it, it eventually led to the mail away doc. Yeah. Billy supposedly finished second place now. Right. And they actually came out with first, second, and third, but never came out with the results. Right. Again, I, I want to know those results. Yeah. And then this time around, I want to know those results. Now, 
are they hiding the results because they don't want fourth place or third place to feel bad? I don't, maybe. I don't know how they could feel bad because, in essence, they made the Final Four, okay? They, they got the chances to put their yeah. – and more than likely, if we continue to put pressure on – on the on the brand managers and 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 the and the, uh, the design team itself, we might actually see all four of these coming out. But true, yeah. I, I'm just very dubious. At we never saw a result. I'm not I'm not saying that that Stiletto won. I'm not saying that Stiletto didn't win. I'm just saying I'd like to know who finished second. I'd like to know who finished third. I'd like to know who finished fourth and how far off the lead yeah, were they. That's fair enough, I suppose. Given a democratic option, you kind of want the access to all that info, and that's totally cool. I, I'd also I'd also want to just know how many votes were cast, because I'd like to gauge what kind of a fandom we're dealing with here. Yeah, yeah true. You know, I, I, we, we're, we're told time and time again that we're, we're looking at a group of, you know, 7,000 people, 10,000 people. Well, I mean, the, the numbers from our podcast in its heyday, uh, disprove that, and we 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 have an inclination that there's far more Joe fans out there than than that. That whole thing of the quiet ma- like minority or quiet majority, isn't there? Like so, where um. Well, I was I was going to say there's a big difference there between fans and toy fans. Sure, but I mean our our show is essentially about toys. It's it's not we're not going to spend we don't spend an hour talking about football you know foot well not not all of them anyway just a few those just, to be, just, just to be clear never not a single one of those episodes lasted an hour thank you but, thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna no, all, all, all i was meaning is is you know if, if you take like marvel as as a, as a good example you got many more marvel fans than you have of marvel comic fans if that makes sense and sure, yeah, sure sure all, all of those things are still predominantly all about like the 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 comic book characters and there is a distinction between you know the 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 toy buyers because effectively that is what is quantifiable at at a dollar value more than say like a fan base as such the thing is like the GRJ doesn't really have much of anything else does it it's it's really just one dimensional at the moment there's the comic books and and there was the, the movie side of things as well you know that did feed into it to to a a degree and still does the point of it is is that you know our, our program has has generally always involved the toy buying aspect of it uh, we've never done a whole lot of focus on you know like old episodes or old issues of the comic book or even current issues of the comic book you know we took advantage of stuff like uh, like renegades when it was on obviously we, we we talked to some of the voice talent there but most of most of who we're dealing with are our toy buyers and you know our numbers when we were putting out episodes every other week and 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 being very regular and things like that the, the numbers that we had in terms of downloads and listens and plays Support that there's an audience that's bigger than 7,000 out there because that's what we were pulling in on each episode. So you got to figure that there's a good chunk of folks who follow G.I. Joe that have no idea who we are. Any of us. Yeah. I know. Tough to believe. I, I've just ruined Chris's world. No, I was going <laughs> to. No, nobody calls you Diagnostic 80, by the way. No, nobody. I don't say they do. I do. I, just I said boo words. I was saying words. Anyway. Diagnostic. Um, so, so I would I would like to see just how many votes for cast, just to get an idea of who's out there and still paying attention. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a difficult fan base to kind of get a grip with. I mean, obviously there's a, there's an age factor there too. So there's a you know kind of you're talking like the kind of vintage and and uh, you know even like kind of the, the 60s kind of element of it. You, you've got guys that are probably not tech savvy as such, so they're not necessarily online on all the forums, on all that kind of stuff as well. So the, there's a whole area there. 
But if that's the case, then they're not really privy to a lot of the info. They're not privy to a lot of the fan voting, shall we say? Because a lot of that, I mean, let's face it, that's all online now, isn't it? You know, you're not getting, you know, it's not like you're getting on the back of a of, of a figure. You're not sending off your vote. You're not doing anything like that. It's all very much kind of um, very technical stuff. So I think yeah. that area okay. of it, I'm not, but then again, those people aren't going to be downloading a podcast either. So you know, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say, Chris, that te- that what that argument held a little bit more water ten years ago than it does now, uh, and I think it's because if we stop and count it up, I'm sure all of our all of our parents, if we combined, you know, the the twelve parents of of the six people on this show, there's probably. 10 of them that have Facebook yeah, but pages. Are they going to be are they going to be going into the whole um GI Joe aspect o- online? Are they going to be doing that? Do you know what I mean? Like fair no, enough they'll people be on that age they'll group, be jumping on Facebook to speak see- to their kids in like a different country or they'll be, you know, doing those kind of things because they feel like they have to. You know, I'm not sure I'm not sure if those you know, my mum and dad for example, they'll they'll still ask me the most mundane questions about you know searching for something on online they've got facebook well my dad has got a facebook page you know so it's like i don't know it's like some i, I think I, I think there's kind of like getting involved on a, on a on a level online that that you know a lot of the people that listen to the show are a lot, a lot that, that we are that just aren't really getting involved in all the other stuff that you know like the other elements of the of the uh, fandom i'm just saying that from the aspect of the the way everybody's familiar enough with the technology now that if they saw a link to a poll that they wanted to take they would know to click on yeah. it and they'd know how to click the box that they wanted to to select if they it, if it's, they were following the right people i say the right people so if they were in you know friends with the the same kind of people that are doing that you know like a lot of my friends sure. on Facebook and stuff, you know, they're not into GI Joe. It's only like a, a, not a small section, but it's it, it's the guys I've kind of met much later on, you know, from kind of going out to JoeCon, from from doing all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm, I I know I know what you're saying. I don't want to kind of I'm not yeah. Uh, that that's basically it really. Whose fault is that, that's Chris McLeod? That's Diagnostic mm-hmm. 80's fault. Right, um, moving mm. on. Number seven in the top ten news items from a G.I. Joe perspective from 2015. IDW's G.I. Joe, a real American hero, brought more Red Shadows to the forefront. After Larry Hama's inclusion of the Red Shadows, Muton, the Black Major, Red Wolf, and the Robo Skull in issues number 188 and 189, we all wondered if or when we would see Action Force-based characters in the comic again. Well, our prayers were answered as they were treated to an entire story arc in issues 211, 212, and 213, including Red Laser, Hyenas, and Shadow Tracks that built up to the eventual death of Snake Eyes. For these characters and vehicles to have such an important and prominent place in the story really goes to show that their popularity is increasing in the fandom. Add to that recent appearances for David Tree and Russell Sheath, and another hint of a name drop for the Black Major, and I expect we'll be seeing more Action Force-based characters very soon. As a side note, we also have to mention Adam Riches for his awesome Cobra cover on issue number 212 that featured a number of Red Shadows characters. So this is very much in the Dave, Eddie, and Chris environment, first off, and then I'll, I'll, I'll ask you guys what you think of this too. Dave, comics. Yeah. How, I mean, how did you feel when you started to see Red Shadows again? Uh, very, very happy. Um, Larry did say when he came back to roll out roll call in 2014 uh he did say there that you will be seeing the red shadows again and a lot sooner than you think was he standing outside your bedroom at the time 
<laughs> it took a whole year for it to like appear. But then he's he's working so many issues ahead of you know what's being printed at that time. If you think about you know the art and everything else that has to go into it. But yeah, I, I'm. It's really cool because as I've said before, that these. My biggest frustration is that uh, Action Force is always perceived as real American hero repaints, and that's it. And yep, yet, I was waiting for that. And yet, the, <laughs> and yet there's this whole awesome uh, expanded toy line with amazing, like genuine, like uh, amazing products in there. You know, with the, with things <laughs> like the sea lion. Before you guys start going on about articulation, but not, then if you, I, I, I'm not making fun, Dave. I'm just I'm I'm laughing at at the joke. That's all. But hey, I am still a big fan of the red howl laser. <laughs> Exactly. So, like you know, those jungle howls are um, jungle, jungle howls. <laughs> laser jungle exterminators. Terminator. There we go. But the, the, there's a whole new sort of well to like dip into in terms of like stories. You know that you've got like this international force there. You've got like you know it, it's fair to say that in the world that we live in, you have more than one potential area of concern in terms of like uh you know be it like uh fundamentalist groups or countries and things like that it's never just like one clear person or, or one clear group and that's it you, you there's, there's normally quite a few that you're gonna have to like keep your eye on and you know for the sake of protecting um, it makes sense that one of these groups is in england as they are always perceived as the villains <laughs> in movies yeah, exactly. So, you know, so to to bring in like an additional enemy faction of sorts um, is 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 a good thing. Just as you brought in, like, you know, you had the October Guard. Why not bring in like all these other sort of equivalent uh, specialists from around the world? Well, it um, makes sense that other countries would have their own special forces. Yeah. So, you know, so my my units. my only hope now is that you know you're going to see it's it's a long shot but maybe larry then actually tip into some of the the action force characters themselves and make those characters his own just as he's made the black major his own character through larry's eyes you know he's not necessarily that version of the character that you see on the back of the file card or in the original sort of comics from the 80s but like larry's just like taking you know that visual style and interpreted it in his own way and i'm fine with that you know because it's it's bringing these things into into this world and you know hopefully you know people like that and you know you get momentum and you might see you know actual product again so here's an idea yeah. dave fan vote <laughs> fan vote fan then dave vote. can run it and fix it <laughs> we'll get the um we'll get cover girl quarrel We'll get Hannibal reborn as somebody else, as like Skip. That, yeah, it works. And then it'll just carry off. So no, what you should do is definitely get uh, you know your version of CoverGirl and your version of Doc, and and that those two will already be in the in the vote. And then uh, pick uh, you know two other people, two other characters that no one gives a shit about. And <laughs> there's your there's your fan vote. There you go, Larry. Flesh this character. Which out. one was Justin Bell's out of that list? Oh, uh, Whisper. <laughs> Which one was Whisper out of that list then, Gary? Would that have been the one no one cared about or the uh, cover girl? Can't be me to just say the one that no one cares about, so it would be the cover girl. <laughs> oh, if, I would say that, you know, we shouldn't make fun of Justin, but he's not on the show, so there we go. 
He's just a, he's just the voice. He's we, just an audio head. He's just an audio header at each one of these little right before we talk he's here. Just, so. He's just floating around. You're, you're mooching off of his fine name and reputation. Well, because this is very um, UK based, we can uh, we can move on from this uh, as the what's under your mind crew are probably just going. I don't really care. It's like no, no. It's I do. I, I'll go. I'll go ahead and say something about it. Just because eventually, I've always said on our program that the squeaky wheel that's not a d- <laughs> will be heard in this community. I'm getting that on and, the t-shirt. If, if you, if you, <laughs> the squeaky wheel is not a. D- and that's it. Because how often when you see those thread, but back in the day, the threads on his tank or whatever saying, you know, Hasbro sucks. I demand this character. I demand this character. And they hate me. They hate us. They're never going to give us this character. They're a bunch of holes, you know, and then they're using four letter words and everything. If I'm sitting at Hasbro, am I going to listen to them? Am I going to listen to that? No, I'm not going to listen to it at all. I'm not going to give that person one piece of one iota of what they want. I'm going to say that if the title of the thread was Hasbro sucks, chances are they didn't bother to click on it. Right. So I think that, you know, when you have programs like yours and programs like ours and good supportive websites and and level-headed, solid, good people, and they make good suggestions, they will get heard and they will get made into either storylines or figures. And I think we've seen that over and over True. And, uh, since as we get more embedded into this community. I think we see that over and over again. And we poke fun at ourselves and especially Justin for being shills and things like that. And we, we tease one another, but even still we've got criticisms. We just, we talk about them like human beings. We don't scream and shout and, and ball our fists up and, and, and rage about it to, to nobody in particular. It's actual discussion. So they're more likely to, to pay attention to that sort of thing than to just venting and, and fury. Does that mean you're going to stop foaming at the mouth then, Mike? I never do, no. <laughs> so smoothly, number six. Sm- smoothly moving into number six. Coming in at number six for the top ten G.I. Joe news items of 2015, Ubisoft's Toy Soldiers War Chest. It was a new video game that was uh, revealed in 2015, revealed and released. It certainly took many folks by surprise, myself included. I've been clamoring for a G.I. Joe-themed video game for many moons now, but I don't think any of us anticipated seeing our actual vintage action figures come to life and wage war across the bedroom floor, especially not waging war against He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. In a strange licensing move, Ubisoft acquired the rights to represent G.I. Joe, a real American hero, in their Toy Soldiers video game, and the results are pretty neat. Seeing those O-ring figures, shoulder screws and all, come to life is a really cool aspect of the Toy Soldiers game, and merely getting some Joe representation in mass media is a great thing. Has anyone, actually other than myself, anyone bought the game and played it? Anybody? No. No, no. 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 I have the game. No. Uh... I bought it, but I have the game. Is it just on PS4 and Xbox One? Uh, yeah, it'll just be on those two, I think, yeah. It is a touchdown Redskins. Oh, that's important. Yay! It's now 11-0. The first touchdown oh, was pulled I, off the board by replay. It was pulled off the board, board by replay, right. What, so? So it was 13 2 left to go on the half. It's 11 nothing. Washington. Brilliant. Um, thanks for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I haven't played okay. it. So, Gary, <laughs> let me, so let's get this straight. Oh, missed kick as well. Kick hit the par post, I should say. Dave, now, um, missed extra point. Yep, just said that. Dave, Dave doesn't like uh, games that involve scoring. <laughs> Lols. <laughs> um, so, I'm the only one that's played it, and Gary's the only other person that even owns it. 
and hasn't played it. I don't have I don't have the system to play it. I, I actually have been looking to pick it up on PC, but I doubt I'd be able to run it because I have problems running Facebook okay. these days. That's a tough game. Can we can we yeah. get, possibly get that game on the uh, game and watch? Because that's on your calculator watch yeah yeah that's sweet so uh okay so based on the fact that only i have played this game we are going to move swiftly on to number five i i'll leave the comment with this i'm surprised that justin put this as number six uh simply because it was cool and all i i i I actually anticipate just being able to pick it up off a steam or something at some point uh and and see it all and looks really cool but the game didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it flopped. Do you think it's a testament, though, to uh, the fact that you know we didn't really have much in the way of big news in in that in that year for GI Joe? Is 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 that just like a bit? Is that just highlighting that fact a little bit? Probably a top ten story. I just wouldn't have put it as high as number six. I, I like. I think the the Kindle Worlds and and Mark Webber are both bigger news stories in regards to GI Joe than than licensing on a video game. If if the game had done think, more, yeah. But as it was, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It didn't flop per se. It just wasn't this big. It didn't spawn this wave of cultural throwback that we were hoping yeah. it would. And and so it it kind of has that perception in our circles. But I think as far as a game went, it was perfectly serviceable. Yeah. In terms of the number of units it moved. I think if, if we had a couple more events happen during the year, this would easily be like number 11 or number yeah, 12. Because yeah. the game really wasn't that good. And I remember we had uh, the day it came, they, they unveiled it, that Joe was going to be in it. Uh, we were interviewing uh, Zach Hoffman and... Um, Brian Cummings. Yeah, Brian Cummings. And they never heard of it. And I said, you know, the only thing would have been better if they went and got the Sunbro. Yeah, voiced it and stuff. Uh, voice yeah. talent. And voiced it because when you hear Duke and this one do a very generic yo Joe during the trailer, you're like, oh, it doesn't sound like. Yeah. Because we got on a whole topic of soundtrack of our youth when we were talking to him about this. And it, when when my Duke did a yo Joe when I was a kid, it was Michael yeah, Bell's yeah, yeah. voice in my yeah. head or Michael's, but Michael Bell's voice in my head when I'm reading a comic of him saying exactly, yo Joe. Yeah. That would have been nice to add that to that. I, I'm assuming they probably had a very, very limited budget on this game. Uh, they got the license. They put it in. They match this up with Assassin's Creed and Masters of the Universe, and that's okay. You know, I'm sure some people will get some enjoyment out of this game. It's uh, it just flopped badly, I think, for the overall yeah, game. I think community. it was more of a nostalgia hit, to be honest. When I when I played yeah, exactly. it, I got I got the exactly. initial enjoyment. I, I actually did a review on it for the show, and I said in that basically that it was, you know, it's good to a point, and then once you hit that point. It's, it's very, you know, you're not going to go back to it, really. Not when you've got, you know, other games, you know, to play and, and stuff like that. So I would... I, well, I still think that to deliver Joe in a video game, it's better in this type of format. Or uh, one of the things that didn't make J- Justin's list here was the uh, Street Fighter versus G.I. Comic. Joe, yeah. that type of format. Well, even a video game with a crossover, yeah, that like type of thing. Con- yeah. Something I, I still don't think, and I, I know I will be a very, I'm in the minority, but I'll be a loud voice in the minority of this. I still don't think Call of Duty or Battlefield is the best way to do Well, G. no, I. because Joe. it's that's already exists in that particular area. I don't I don't think it would work too too well either because you you, you kind of it, it but then again what what version of GI Joe would you have, you know? Like you've got you've got the kind of sunbow funny like you know very kind of ridiculous aspect or you've got the more darker comic. Uh, I say darker. It's not. It's not dark. It's not a dark comic, but it's like you know. It's certainly not Sunbow in any way, shape, or form. So it's it's making yeah, that it, decision on what 
version of Joe you're going to use. And then you've got the, the, I mean, the movie game was pretty weak. Do you guys remember that? The Rise yeah. of Cobra? Yeah, I, I got it. It reminded me a lot of Contra yeah. back in the day. It was, it was really, like, they, they not only threw, threw back the, I mean, they threw back the engine as well. It was like one of the, it, it was a very kind of old-fashioned game, but um, yeah. I, I will say one thing about that game. It did have a great soundtrack. They actually had a full <laughs> orchestra do that soundtrack. Yeah, totally. The, uh, the only thing I did like about it was collecting all the little kind of, you know, not cards, yep. but like the characters when you'd like, you know, rescue them or something uh-huh. and you'd get like... I don't know, like Flash or something like that. It was really cool when you just get those. And at least that game gave us Helix. Yeah, true, true. That was a kick character. Yeah, there, there were the seeds of a good game there that they unfortunately just didn't follow through yeah. on. But uh, yeah, I, I don't understand that crowd either. I don't, you know, we we've, we grew up with basically G.I. Joe in the 80s was either a, a freewheeling adventure series or a military drama series. But at no point was it a gritty, realistic battlefield no, um, you know, it wasn't like action. slitting someone's throat and you know sh- sniping people and that sort of. It's not that kind of game, is it? Really, I I don't understand where that comes from. I, it's just it's 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 like everything else that was pop culture in the '90s, you know. And I speak to our generation, but we wrecked it. We ruined comic books. We've uh, we've come after popular culture because everything needs to be Frank Miller's Batman, and it drives yeah. me crazy. Crazy. Uh, on that bombshell, let's move on to number five. So that's 10 through 5. Now we're coming up to the front half of the top 10 G.I. Joe news stories of 2015. And at number 5, we have the figure subscription service 4.0 Jammer, Tiger Force Outback, and Tiger Force Sneak Peek revealed. 2015 was a great year to be an Action Force fan when it was revealed that we'd be getting Jammer as a character in the FSS 4 during JoeCon in Springfield, Illinois. Both Dave Tree and Chris McCoy expressed their enjoyment vocally to the amusement of the crowd. And I just called him Chris McCoy. I know it's Chris McCloud. I'm just throwing that in there to be a pain in the Not only that, but we also found out that we'd be getting European exclusives Tiger Force characters in Outback and Sneak Peek. Since that reveal, we have been seeing Photoshop mock-ups of the figures, and they look great. Club members will hopefully be receiving these very soon, so keep up to date with the show as Dave, Eddie, and Chris will review these offerings. And in fact, we just received an email from the G.I. Joe Collectors Club tonight with an FSS 4 update. It reads, Hello members, good news, the FSS shipment 4.0 is on the water now and will arrive here in early February. We will get the first shipment out the door as soon as we can. Because of the manufacturing delays, we will be shipping the figures out about every three weeks, so you don't have to wait as long to get all of them. As soon as we receive the shipment, we will get the billing dates for the last two installment payments, if that applies for you. Thanks for your patience. Brian. So, good news, folks, in that uh, FSS4 is incoming. Let's start with Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Billy! I, I, I believe the reaction from, from Dave Tree and Chris uh, McLeod was cry yeah, we cranked. We cranked hard. They, they cranked each five. other. That's amazing. Wow. We, yeah. With their own tears. We, we were literally man. the crankies at that stage, weren't we, Dave? Follow Chris on Facebook to learn to know more. <laughs> did you try? Did you try to catch it all, no, Chris? Or? It's not Pokemon. Oh uh, right, Pokemon. <laughs> po- Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pokemon. Yeah. I, I did. We did plenty of that. Anyway. Coming Pokemon. coming back to the Pokemon. figure subscription service. Or whilst Mike was asleep. Oh, yeah, because we shared a room with Mike, didn't we? Mike, he's blocked that out, like, straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike, also known out as the new strudel. <laughs> I'm a sound sleeper. Dave, what was it like waking up, say, like, maybe three in the morning in a room with myself, Mike, and Mike's brother? Um. Describe, <laughs> describe the audio 
that you uh, had to put up with at times. It's kind of like there is no change in volume. It's just... Because where one person is on the out, the kind of outswing, the other person yeah, yeah. fills that gap. Oh, it's very much God. a very much a white noise kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I do just, apologize. Uh, I actually don't snore anymore since I've got this sleep apnea machine. Yeah. Um, oh, it's delightful. Uh, oh my God. Oh, sleep apnea machine. If I ever have a child, I'm going to name it Sleep Apnea Machine. <laughs> <laughs> this apnea. has to happen. Apnea would be an awesomely horrible name, I think. Yeah. <laughs> This is my daughter slap now. But the way I look at it is that's all part of the whole experience. So, um, you know, and, and even with that, I still slept more than the two and a half thousand mile round trip in the back of a van. <laughs> <laughs> and on an aeroplane that's, and that. That's, that's your fault for flying into Boston and having to ride in with the boss fight guys, okay? That's your fault. Dave, how, how was it in the van? <laughs> We won't, we won't get into the details. I, I had you set up for the hotel in St. Louis, but, you know, whatever. It's all right. You go ride with Boss Fan. We just appreciated sleeping with you. What? Um, anywho, coming back to the figure subscription service, uh, we'll start with Jammer. Dave, you had some pretty strong thoughts on this. Uh, oh, Joe made a noise. Joe, do you want to talk about this? I actually really like Jammer. I like the removable beret. I like the pistol. I like the GPS chart. I like all the uh, accessories that it came with. Sure. And I like that it was a something different. And I know when I was growing up, we had both the European and the American toys coming yeah. for G.I. Joe. So I had a few of each. So I I liked seeing uh, some of the Action Force stuff come out. So it was good. Uh, you can come back yeah. on any time. So. Oh, yeah. Bernard, you're awesome. <laughs> good one from Brian there. Um <laughs> weekend at Bernie's. Canada. Like. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> weekend at Bernard's. We could do that. Would be weird. Oh, my mom beat all of you. You're oh, more than welcome. In done sorted. Yeah. What you're gonna kill your mum and feed it to us? <laughs> that might be what it takes to feed Chris McLeod. Yeah. It would. Noted. Uh, yeah. So Dave, you had some pretty strong thoughts on on Jammer, didn't you? Oh, on, on, on the one. Yeah. Yes. On on the one. On the one hand, extremely grateful uh, we get to have another Action Force character brought into like the GI Joe like world. <laughs> yeah, but he knows what he's doing. An, but is so another... I don't sound like a so I don't sound like a nasty. <laughs> thank you first. <laughs> no, that's what you do. You build it up, then you bring it down, yep. and then you build it yep, up yep, again. Yep. Uh, except yep. you didn't do that for Funko. You just destroyed them. But carry on. There's no redeeming features on Funko <laughs> stuff. Okay. There is no redeeming qualities whatsoever. There is nothing. Is this, is this is, the wrong time there, to add that there, I, I have one? All no. that is going to do is add to the world's problems of landfill and non-biodegradable crap. You know, <laughs> that is Funko. Okay, but coming back to Jammer, Jammer, yeah, we, Jammer it, we get in another Action Force character, and it's, it's very cool. However... In terms of character choices, if I was a betting man, I was betting for Skip. I really was because there was all like the little hints in the in the club comic book and things like that. So I was really surprised when Jammer was announced. But it makes sense where you boss fight did that awesome Tiger Force Stalker head sculpt. Um, so you know it's, it's a nice cheeky one there. Well, um, you know the club was going to get their money's worth out of it at least. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and you, when you you can kind of understand when you like think about it in, in, in that sense. But it is just another real American hero 
figure just done as a modern update rather than bringing in new characters as such and then secondly as we've said on a previous episode in terms of like the the choices and the parts and things like that because you've got the dial tone backpack it is just a kind of uh, say it a, a, a a version of dial tone in in that essence and Jammer was never really actually like that. He, he, you know, he was part of the command center. You know, he wasn't like so so much a frontline troop. You know, so he was like working with computers. So I, I, I just feel like parts of the build and the accessories that were chosen for him weren't the strongest choices for that character. However, it is amazing to have Jammer, then Tiger Force Outback, and Sneak Peek in this, which are all European characters. So, and for that, I am grateful. Good night. <laughs> Drops the mic, leaves, doesn't out, finish yeah, the show. I mean, you have to give him something, though. Yeah, it's it's you're you're asking somebody to pay basically thirty bucks for a premium figure. You have to give him something in the way of accessories and and jammer left to his own devices. You know, even like you're saying, he's basically a guy who sat at a console. That's not really getting your money's worth. So I guess well, they can match, I mean, him, they can match him up with the, they can match him up with one of the pack crats that uh, Bombardier came with. Oh my god. Not not yeah. not, even, not even that. I was I mean I I would have <laughs> sort of chosen the um, General Hawk like little computer with like the gun briefcase that sort of thing. Mm. That works. I mean? So that it, I I would have given him that sort of style equipment. And yeah, you're right. You, you know that you you could have gone on an extension of that with like the pack rat because you know it's it's like building that narrative and that theme within like special action force. If if, if you're trying to like create this whole new division, you know why not? bring in some of those elements you know you, you you've got the scope to be able to do that i just felt that where you've had dial tone in that tiger force set and you had um stalker it just felt like it was just like pfft, you know just oh that that'll do and it's kind of like mush them together yeah and you know i'm not as close to it as everybody else is so sorry everybody else is not as close to it as perhaps i am i, I should say so i'm gonna like the feel other version good. of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> the complete opposite <laughs> and, and and the the, the greater majority will probably be indifferent to it just as they are with see you know my impression of every other action force character that seems to come out and there'll be people who you know like it and then there'll be people who will say it could have been a whole lot better i think it's cool but as as what I've seen each time, it's kind of like oh, I just want to like you know, it because it makes me sound ungrateful, and I'm not. Because you are. Because <laughs> you are. But I, but I just want to see you know try and progress the development. Big Ben is is the perfect example of that. That was amazing. It's not strictly. Yeah, but you know, yeah, I was going to say that's the difference being it's um a, a US figure as well isn't it you know but that's so my point yeah but is, is that my point in the sense of that some of those characters are just like ah oh, right we're gonna have to think about this or is it a case of like oh we'll just try and get that representation of that. i think you've got to look at it in terms of the um the percentage of the fandom that are interested in in those particular figures and where they have to make the allowances or the uh you know the, the thought of where can we not save money as so oh, i suppose it is isn't it in a way but where they can fit certain figures into the budget it, yeah. it's going to be in the smaller elements of the fandom and as much as i hate the fact that you know we are <laughs> unfortunately a small my mi- mi- we're a minority of the fandom in the action force fans um in, well, in terms mean, of the, in terms I, of the gi joe fandom black, i mean sorry in terms of the gi joe having black fandom, man having <laughs> 
thirteenth is is really cool. So I I I think that you know you, you say that, but you know you are kind of like um, there is the acknowledgement there, but it's just you know ugh, it's more yeah, but that's what it is. It's always it's an acknowledgement, or there's a little bit here and a little bit there. They need they need the, you know they they know where the the focus is, which is you know it fair. You can you just have to kind of allow that to happen i suppose although the, the fact that it is becoming a bit more popular because i suppose when the the fans have had the same kind of stuff over and over again at some point as joe mentioned she likes the the fact that it, you know something different was coming up so it's like you know the the the, the kind of fandom would like maybe would like to look at other areas once they've completed their whole vintage run they might think well let's go into kind of south america let's go to french carded and all that kind of stuff and the amount, the amount, of, the amount of stuff out there that is not not just like Action Force and and like the the, the US GI Joe, but then you've got like the Canadian releases, you've got all of the European releases, you've got the South American stuff. There's a huge, like uh, even a lot more characters really than just the you know the real American hero stuff. So I, you know, there's the scope there for it, but the the other side of things, it's that they're much smaller pockets. So it's really a case of hoping that the fandom wants something like Action Force. Uh, and put it down on like a joke, you know, like a joke on questionnaire. Which, let's face, it's going to be that, that <laughs> not going to get many more of them. Which kind of sucks. Or any, we're not going to get another one, are we? <laughs> no, we don't know that yet. <laughs> For later in the show. Okay. Later in the show. So, but basically, we're happy that we've got action force stuff. But at the same time, there's that element of you know, let's let's do let's go a bit deeper. Let's get some details going. Number four, GI Joe's cinematic universe. Oh, you're not going to let us talk about Billy, huh? No. What's there to talk about? <laughs> Nothing. He's got gold something, yeah. doesn't he? The only thing the only thing I can add to that is that they wasted a slot. So uh next oh. one. Oh. <laughs> I know I really wanted that cover girl. And number four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fine, so whatever. number four, the G.I. Joe hey, Cinematic Mark. Universe. Could have been a jungle laser exterminator. Lol. What a Euro- European style t- Tiger Force cover girl. Oh, what was the one that Tollbooth Tiger Force Tollbooth nobody batted an eyelid over like Black Major as the 13th no I I, I did but I, I just let you have it because I know you've it. fallen out of your <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> oh I, I didn't want to interrupt your thought but I was just like well either he's making shit up or or he's gone senile or he's gonna get sued so <laughs> somebody's gonna be really happy that information got out okay right. Dave do you want me to cut that out <laughs> no okay good <laughs> Uh, so, just checking. I mean, it's Baron Ironblood. Oh, that would be even better. It's all Buckethead. Number four in the top ten was the announcement of the G.I. Joe Cinematic Universe, and this came fairly recently. Uh, speaking of big news stories, if they endeavor to combine G.I. Joe with Mask, Visionaries, ROM, the Space Knight, and Micronauts is successful, it doesn't get much bigger than that. In fact, the only reason it's not higher on this list is because it still seems like somewhat of a pipe dream, and the challenges of a successful execution are clear. Still, just the fact that Hasbro is bringing together a collection of writers to attempt this massive, challenging feat is a big step in the right direction. Even if the end result is dubious, the fact that people are actually talking about it is a great thing, and we can all hope that the project is a success. It remains to be seen just how they can possibly integrate all these different properties into any kind of cohesive story, but personally, I think it'll be pretty fun to watch them try. I th- no, first no! of all, that's just, a, that's just a bell speak. Second of all, we're talking about it because it's a bad idea! <laughs> Okay, Gary, you start. Oh, Joe, you start because you're crying as well. God, she's beside herself in grief. You want God in it? 
<laughs> yeah, as no. well. God of the Space Knight. That's a horrible <laughs> idea. It's uh, it's mental, isn't it? It's mental. Yeah. Uh, I, I, um, I actually quite like the fact that it will be completely <laughs> because because it would be that bad that it get cold status and then people would be watching it for years. But it really yeah. will be. Yeah. It will be so. It's going to be painful. It'd be like watching Schindler's List too. Oh God. <laughs> Mm. Oh, wow! Yes, <laughs> I'm just saying. Or Platoon Three: The Return, uh, well, whatever, yes. you know, something like that. What was Schindler's List Two? What would the subtitle of that of that of that movie be? No, Off Israel? No, or... no, <laughs> no, it would be it would be their back. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh Lord! Gandhi 2, The Quickening. <laughs> uh, that's a Highlander title. Gandhi 2, The Main Course. <laughs> I thought you'd be in that room where they all came together and said, yes, this is a great idea. So I can have a well, shovel and smack them each with a face. <laughs> but but that's, that's kind of the thing is it was a writer's room that was, they used the writers of the Transformers movie to put together this writer's room, which should inspire confidence in absolutely no one. Yeah, totally. As... And it'll be on, on an episode of our show coming up once Gary finally decides to edit something. Waiting for it. Waiting for it. <laughs> no, let's carry on. Let's carry on. All right. All right, Gary's said not going to... He's not going to lob an insult. It's so, out okay, there. Well, it's out there. Carry he on. Said I already said... Bitch. All right. All right. Fair enough. Missed it. Anyhow. <laughs> Who's naked? I am. You've got... Uh, well, yeah. But anyhow. I, I wanted to do a video call, but no one was really interested in it. No. <laughs> Well, Eddie, we, we don't want Joe, we don't want we don't want Joe to sue us as mostly most. The of only one laughing out of that is Joe. Yeah. She, well, should be should be laughing if it was a video call as well, like literally throughout the yeah. entire. Anyway, carry on. There's not enough wine. Yeah. Where did all these chipolatas come from? <laughs> She's eating Greek yogurt without a spoon. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, but so you've got this bad this, idea. Yeah, this, no. I'm reminded of uh, of back in school when we were studying algebra, and there's the what we call the property of zero, and it essentially is just a fancy way of saying that zero is nothing, and when you add zero to another number, it doesn't change the value of that other number. And GI Joe, for for all of its warts, is is a value that has is a franchise that has some value. There's a lot of name recognition there. Uh, there's two pretty successful movies, uh, you know, put out under that banner. And, and you can argue about the quality of those movies all until you're blue in the face, but they made money, uh, a considerable amount of money. So there's there is some value there. And, and essentially, what they're doing is adding a bunch of zeros to that franchise. So whatever the whatever value you had attached to GI Joe, you're going to have that same exact value in terms of dollars and cents, mind you, if you add Mask and Visionaries and ROM and Strawberry Shortcake and whatever the <laughs> hell else they're pulling into this thing. And in fact, you actually are probably serving to to hurt the value of your original product. Yeah. Because you it this isn't like Captain America and Iron Man and the Hulk and, and Thor, and you mush them all together, and they're the Avengers. This is G.I. Joe, which is a franchise with a million different characters. Yeah. And it's Visionaries, which is a, a franchise with a couple dozen different characters. And Mask, who's got a couple dozen different characters. A and so on and so forth. And you have all these franchises that that are more than just one guy. And you put them all together, and you are going to have six million named characters in this movie. <laughs> uh, which means that 
every one of them individually is just going to get boiled down to Duke, Snake Eyes, and Cobra Commander, and maybe Roadblock because they've got the rock sign to play them. Yeah. So what's the point? I mean, they're talking about um, a, a universe, aren't they, to start off with? So it would just be like, you know, I would imagine individual films and then crossover things and stuff like that, or even just that they exist in the same universe. But I, I'm, I'm de- definitely completely in agreement with you. There is no way, and I will eat my hat. I'm not wearing a hat. <laughs> there is no way. I'll eat my, ba- I'll eat my own bash hat. If this can in any, even if this, well, Dave was saying he doesn't even think this, I'm talking for you, Dave, doesn't even think this is going to actually even come about in any way, shape or form. You know, we can talk about it as much as like, it's not even going to transpire. So, but I think that even if it does actually get out there, there's no way this is going to be a good thing. And if anything, it'll just put a a final nail in the cinematic coffin for G.I. Joe. But Dave, sorry to to talk for you, mate. (sighs) It's just quicker sometimes, <laughs> but carry on. What you what you were going to say? What? <laughs> it's quicker all the time. That's not the point. The only thing I can say is 2012, thereabouts, 2011, New York Comic Con, they did a special one-off Unit E or Unity comic that featured Mask, Gem, Centurions, you know, a, a, a bunch of these things. And it was just done for New York Comic Con. They never touched it since. And this is exactly the same thing. You know, you might they might like cobble together something for san diego or new york comic-con again you know this year you know as a a comic book and then that that's it you know they've ticked that list or maybe they'll just do it like uh that video game (laughs) you know they're like literally all toys like find it out (laughs) you know because they goodness but you know it's just not gonna happen it's just such a terrible it's just chucking out a press release for discussion and it's working in that sense but beyond that nothing i'm quite sad because i really wanted to see something done with visionaries again i kind of uniting the fan base against them i do i love visionaries i love visionaries and i I was with gi joe no 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 as in like as in i wanted them to do something with visionary as in the people that make films (laughs) i wanted them to um, i wanted to see (laughs) the visionaries in another you know kind of iteration he would like to see a visionaries reboot is what he's saying basically yeah okay um, not oh any, nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with G.I. Joe, of course, but I mean something more along the lines of a cartoon or a toy line, or something along those lines. That Because I'm a big fan of the Visionaries and Mask as well. I'd like to see that happen. I mean, I could understand. I could understand Mask and G.I. Joe having some sort of connection. I can't see the that connection with Visionaries. That has more of a similarity. Of a, yeah, that has yeah. more. Mask and G.I. Joe have more of a, a similarities and crossover Appeal, than anything yeah. else mentioned in there. I mean, you you got Mask, they're fighting Venom, and Venom and Cobra, and that makes sense. And you already have Matt Tracker in the in the GI Joe as a GI Joe figure. Yeah. Okay. We I could I could run with that. I'll be tolerant of that. But GI Joe pairing up against knights that have holograms on their chests. Uh, no, it makes no sense. None, none whatsoever. Comic fans in the '80s were were sweating through their teeth to get the Snake Eyes Rom team up. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I can't think of any script that would, could make any sense of, of, of any of that. It was funny because when we we recorded this for our show, and and Mike worded it, he goes, "Is this a sandwich or a raging NATO?" I think is what he called it. Correct. <laughs> and, and we, were split, we were split two up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the the great part is we actually had Justin Bell actually give an opinion. So um... <laughs> not going to happen this episode. All his opinions. That, that, 
that that wasn't on the fence somewhere. So yeah, this people are talking about it. Yeah, because it's a bad, bad. I haven't met anyone yet that says it's a good one. So I yeah, God knows. If you do, maybe somebody that really somebody that really likes visionaries or micronauts probably thinks it's great. I like visionaries. That's their thing. This is okay. Fine. No, I'm talking about if 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 visionaries to them is what GI Joe says. If it's that their thing. I can see them being excited about it. Yeah, yeah, cool. It's, uh, it's, a, <clears throat> it's a very good idea, Chris. I hope they do it. <laughs> <laughs> Lols. Right, so I think we're all in agreement on that one, apart from Eddie. Um, number apart three. From, from Eddie, it's great. We're going to move on to number three. Number three in the top ten G.I. Joe news items of 2015, the G.I. Joe Collectors Club announces their membership incentive figure, Pythona. When the news broke of this on the club's Facebook page, we were teased with a small peak of an arm that could only mean one character, Pythona. They revealed the full image on the website, and I think most fans of the character were very impressed. The actual execution of the Pythona figure remains to be seen, but early Photoshop mock-ups are looking really good, and the design choices are solid. A removable hairpiece to allow for a full hooded look is a terrific aspect of this figure, and the fact that the fourth piece of the Cobra Law puzzle is only a few months away is a fantastic thing. Who is excited for Pythona? I am. I am. <laughs> I am too, actually. It looks like they did it really well. Uh, as much as I'm not a huge fan of, of Cobra Law, if you're going to go that way, at least do it right. And yeah. they yeah. looks like they did it right. There's also been a picture in the uh, magazine, hasn't there? Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah, it's right. I got quite it right sexy, here in front of me. isn't yeah. it? Really looks amazing. Uh, that's debatable, but... She's yeah. got boobs. Boobs. she got boobs. Now we, now, now we know what Joe's looking for first thing. <laughs> How stacked right. is this figure? Joe, are you a fan of the um, of the character? Uh, I am not a Cobra Law fan, but I... <laughs> That's Gary clapping, wasn't it? I don't know. Who was clapping? We love you, Joe. We love yeah. you. There's a reason I knew I loved you. Okay, I knew it was Gary. <laughs> I could tell that clap. But but as Mike said... If that sounded like Gary clap. Do it well. And they're, they're <laughs> done well. I'm totally ignoring you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, continue. Continue to ignore. <laughs> What was it? <laughs> so, uh, is this a, after is a this... while? It's... Gary gave the clap to Joe. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, um, <laughs> is this a cosplay future maneuver? Do you reckon? Are, are you it's already been done. Cosplay. I mean, yeah. it won. Won. Are you asking if this is going to be my Saturday costume next year? Yeah. No. Oh. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Nice, isn't it? Thanks. <laughs> The only people who will probably know what it is are the people that I have to room with. So, and they're threatened. Chuck. No, um, Chuck's who? not going to come on. No, no. Come on now. There's a joke and then there's a stupid joke. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'm I'm actually looking forward to this figure a lot. I think she looks amazing. And yeah, I can't wait to get this one in hand. I like that you take will your yours be on the card or off, Chris? Well, if, it's the, if the Joe Club have got anything to do with it, then it'll be off card. It'll be off the card. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the way they do that with the removable packaging yeah. that you can and, stick back on take off again it's great and they'll event, uh, it's occasionally send you 12 bucks in the post as well yeah it's not <laughs> It really oh. is a shit. It's a great idea. I love it. The, I love, I just, I love oh, the whole the whole glue thing is just nuts. Anyway. Do they know what glue is? No. Or they just kind of just, we've I, got put it on the card. <laughs> put on card. Is it like that? That's pretty much it. They try and lick the plastic and then stick it on. <laughs> That would actually, to be honest, it was not far off what I got the last five <laughs> figures from the club. 
Um, I, I seem to have the... I, it was only me that was getting this issue, yet other people were getting them sent overseas and not having an issue with it. Dave, you had a little bit of a problem with a couple, but then for the most part, it was fine. I it just sold them. Just <laughs> oh, no, no, they, they know you. They know you, McLeod. They just like, oh, this one's loose on the card. Send them to McLeod. Exactly. Let's, wa- let's watch him explode on an email. Exactly. You, you should apologize for whatever it is you've done. I, I don't know what it... Well... I'm sorry to everything and everybody. <laughs> you should be. Like, these these look mint, and, and God so's nice to us here. We'll send these off to God. That's how it works. That's nice. Works. Oh, God, I was like their apologist. I was more of an apologist for them than Justin Bell. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to this figure at all, actually. I'm just glad that it's coming out so it gets off everyone's list. So you have to have listen to everyone every year yell for this figure fine it's coming out great another thing is the club actually listened and made a design that makes sense uh there there were talks about well why don't you use the marvel universe you know figure but uh, a buck to 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 develop something like that and I'm like no absolutely not it no. needs to fit in my my collection seamlessly it cannot be a marvel universe figure I'm glad that they wait and waited and did it the right way. So great. It's now out of the way. Of course, the whole 2016, 2017 issues out up in the air. We're not sure what's going on there. So we don't know what's coming after this, but if they have to go out on a bang, this is as good as one of any. Okay. Also, also another thing on this, also another thing on this is this is zero indication that we're having a Cobra law concept. I've seen that repeated over and over and over on discussion groups and boards. This absolutely means we're getting a Cobra law concept. No, this does not mean that we're getting a Cobra Law concept. Thank God. It means you're getting a Cobra Law versus Action Force concept. Lols. That would be horrible. Oh, yeah. Horrid. I'd love that. Um, And Visionaries. Visionaries box set. Because Mask Visionaries, run the space night, and done. Because Chris McCloud likes (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Box set. Just just in it. Yeah, <laughs> just do a massive turd. Call it Chris McLeod. One set, one Chris, one set. Anyway, <laughs> no, you could have uh, like an evil team. They could be turd burglars, couldn't they? Turd Another burglars. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Word Burglar. Yeah, old turd burglar. Turd yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. Well, uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, we don't think we need to kind of dwell on this too much. And plus, Gary's already segued into something else, and that is the number two news item of 2015. The number two news story for 2015 came right at the tail end, and it's still kind of up in the air a little bit, but uh, Fun Publications appears to be ending the G.I. Joe Collectors Club contract with Hasbro by the end of 2016. Now, keep in mind, none of this has been confirmed by Fun Publications, so this all must fall still in the rumor category, but it still begs to be mentioned. We only just missed out on recording this story for the last episode, but a few months ago, word emerged that Hasbro had signed a deal with an international convention holder focused on developing a worldwide Transformers experience, and many folks feared what that meant for annual BotCon. I'll be honest, I kind of glossed over it myself, thinking it was probably an entirely separate type of thing, but I might have been wrong. According to Allspark, word has emerged that the G.I. Joe and Transformers Collectors Club may be ending their agreement with Hasbro by the end of 2016. There is no official word on this, so take it with a huge grain of salt right now, but a look at the terms of conditions on the Collectors Club membership renewals reveals the following, and I quote, Please note that at this time, we are only accepting memberships and renewals for the 2016 calendar year. All memberships will end with the December 2016 issue. 
For example, if your membership renewal has a February start date, you will receive the free membership figure in the late spring along with 11 monthly issues. If your membership renewal has a March start date, you will receive the free membership figure in the late spring and 10 monthly issues. You heard that right. All memberships, regardless of when they were signed, are destined to expire at the end of 2016. This certainly seems to indicate 2016 as some kind of cutoff date for the joint agreement between Fun Publications and Hasbro. As I said, there is no official word on this yet, and likely won't be for a little while, but some puzzle pieces are starting to fit together, and the picture they're painting isn't a great one. A lot of people will think that this is great news, they're tired of Fun Pub, it's time to move on, but I think those same people need to stop and consider, what are we moving on to? Whether you like them or not, Fun Publications was responsible for over 30 G.I. Joe items in 2015, more than doubling Hasbro's own Toys R Us exclusive product. Once that agreement ends, if it indeed does, what does that mean for future product? I don't think it means anything good. Stay tuned for more on this developing story. Let's just get straight into this one, guys. What's happening? In your perception, what's going on? I, I guess we really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Even in this month's uh, newsletter, which I have the early one here, it just reiterates what they already have on their website about the uh, accepting membership renewals for the 2016 calendar year. Uh, so there's nothing new in the uh, newsletter at all. There's nothing on their website, nothing on their Facebook page. I, I don't think they're necessarily entitled to have to tell us what's going on right now, but at some point that word will eventually have to come out, especially when it relates to BotCon for next year and, and, and JoeCon for next year. I, I will lead this off, I, and I will also recognize that the club has made a number of mistakes, and I've found myself more forgiving than others, but also when it comes to making a change for the club license, I, I just want to say be careful what you wish for, Yeah. and now you got it. Uh, with all the uncertainty, we don't know what the future looks like, but there's been a lot of speculation that you know something like FSS5 might not come around again, uh, something like incentive figures might not be on the table anymore. Uh, something as much as a 15-figure concept uh, comes out anymore that we might get. We might see something at a convention along the lines of Celebration, like uh, Star Wars. And I think the, the, when Star Wars Celebration was in the, Indianapolis, I, I remember, I think uh, there was like a George Lucas figure in a, in a fighter pilot outfit. That's what they gave out. It was one figure. One figure. Are, are we going to relate to getting one figure for a G.I. Joe convention going forward? I don't know. We don't have answers on that either. But, you know, you, you look at what the club has done for us good in the past and that is you know we're going to get roughly 30 figures a year a concept a couple vehicles a couple exclusives granted they're going to be expensive but they're they're low runs and, and they're going to be expensive i i don't know what the fandom is hoping to find out of a new licensee but my gut tells me be careful what you wish for first of all and second of all i i don't think we're going to see as much product going forward from the club as we've seen from fun publications just my gut i don't have any i don't have any evidence whatsoever I, I sometimes i feel like i'm the only person that actually enjoys the product from the club i love it no no i love i'm exaggerating as in a touch i know i'm not in in company that probably is you know again you probably feel the same way i do but when i go online and i see the amount of bitching and moaning and complaining about stuff i kind of think well uh, you know, either they're moaning and b***ing that they can't get to con and then, like, they're b***ed off that they're not getting an exclusive con set. And it's like, well, you know, that's the whole point. It's, you know, you're going to con to get something exclusive. And let's face it, it's not anymore. You can get you can get it after the fact and you can, for the most part, you can get... There's only, like, one or two I, elements and I, and of I it that you can't... And I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. In fact, I, I was telling someone on a message board, they're like, they mentioned that uh, now, hopefully, everyone will have access to the stuff. 
And I, well, I disagree with the person. I said, you already have access to the stuff. It's called eBay. Yeah. There should be no reason why I, why you can have to pay you or you are entitled to get. There's the, no the, reason. Entitled to have the same access to exclusive right. material right. Exactly. as the people who go to the show. Totally. I, I spend the money to go every year. There's no reason that you, you feel like you need to get the same level of access to that as me. When I'm, when I'm the one spending the money and I'm the one – uh, supporting my hobby at at and I'm going to say it at a higher level. You know, I'm I'm the one spending the money to go there. Now I'm not. I, I don't mean that as a negative thing against Eddie, who's never been. Eddie does more than his fair share, but most of these people that I see that that post these things are aren't on the level uh, of of a hiring collector. They just they just want have access to the stuff. Yeah, and and they're within 200 miles of a of a con site once in a while. Well, yeah. not just that as well. Like it seems like people are in yeah, like are, are very close to these things happening, and they can't they you know they decide they can't go for whatever reason, and then just bitch and complain about it. And then when the figures actually you know come into their possession, there's the amount of complaints about about figures. I mean, I thought the concept the in 2015 was awesome i was mm-hmm. no i mean yes i'm a i'm a tiger force fan anyway but like to, to, I, I loved the set i thought it was incredible and like the uh the nocturnal fire set was freaking mental this repeater we got a repeater who was just like insanely good um mm-hmm. you know like there's so much that that I think people, rather than just like kind of getting it and going, you know, this is really cool stuff and enjoying it, it's just like, right, let's nitpick. Why is this not the best version of this? Why is this not the best version of that? It's like it's like they they understand the, there's reasons behind it and they understand those reasons, but then can't rationalize that. You know, they can't rationalize it into the into the actual emotion part, and it's just that it's just insane. I think that, and 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 I think yeah, you're right that when the club comes to the end of its contract, who's taking over? Like who? It's not like there's a, people lining up to do it, and it, it it's just going to be Hasbro who are going to be like not not taking over the club, just not doing anything. You know, that's just not going to be there anymore. I personally, I think, unless someone steps up and and takes over. I don't think people understand that if it's not the club and it's Hasbro, that nothing's going to be done. They think, oh, it'll be better because it'll be more organized and we'll get what we want. And you're yeah. like, no, you won't get shit. Yeah, beep. It's uh. <laughs> There are issues with the club. I don't want to make it sound like um, yeah. they have their problems. They, they do, like, uh, like most product, companies. Product is typically not it. Uh, they they have some communications issues, and and for example, with with this uh, with this issue, you know, they they were they were promising answers in the newsletter. Don't tell us to wait for the newsletter when you know there's no answers there. Come on now, that's that's a little bush league. And, and those guys are better than that. I, I feel comfortable saying that because we've gotten to know them a little bit now. Uh, thanks to the program, and they are better than that. They work very hard at what they do, um, and I think they undermine themselves with some of this, some of these communication problems that they have. But do you think there's a bit? Of, what um, you guys, do you think there's a worry from what Hasbro might say? Yes and no. I, 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 the the impression I get is that Hasbro hasn't hasn't much cared what they've done for a couple of years now. Yeah, I, I think they just kind of run a list past past Hasbro, and Hasbro says, "Well, you're not making a Duke or a Snake Eyes or a Scarlet that'll compete with the ones we've got on the shelves." So go ahead. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think Hasbro has has had a whole lot of input in what Fun Publications has done for for conventions the last four or five years. But to to go on what what you guys are saying, I think Gary Gary's thoughts are very similar to my own. Again, these are these are GI Joe fans. You know, they're they're maybe maybe they started a generation ahead of us with the the one six scale guys, but they're they're fans first and foremost. And so it, it's it's you know you feel bad badly for them. 
that they've lost this license. It obviously was was a, a means of, of making ends meet for them. And so, um, you know, I hope everybody can at least keep them keep that in mind that, you know, people that we we have gotten to know over the last few years um are will be out of work because of this decision. Uh, so it, it wasn't something that was made lightly, and and it's it involves stuff that's more important than than toys on a shelf. Yeah. But for all of their issues, they were all about getting product out there, and yeah. and we're going to miss that in a big way. I mean, the FSS is another thing, isn't it? That's another like load of figures that we we're not going to get the kind of fun reveal kind of aspect. We're not going to get the you know sitting in JoeCon and while they're kind of telling us the list and that kind of stuff you know i'm i'm worried that there isn't going to be something after this does that uh, uh, you know like i'm i'm very very worried about this i'm worried i'm worried too i'm worried about 2017 and JoeCon period uh, is there going to be one i keep hearing that they that we're, we're we're too small of a group to really have our own show so they'll combine us with other and there'll be some sort of hasbrocon the second they do that I know where I am not going to be when those dates are going. Yeah. I will not be at that con. I demand as a G.I. Joe fan, and I think other G.I. Joe fans should do this, including you guys, should demand that we have our own one or two day convention. We, we, sh- we should have that. We, yeah. we should demand that. We should have that. I do not want to be compared, paired up with Transformers. Do not want to be paired up with My Little Ponies. I don't want to be paired up with any other has Funko. <laughs> Ooh, Funko Con. Yeah, I, I understand why Tree does it for rollout roll call, but when it comes to the big international, the convention, the license holder, I want to have my own weekend. I don't think that when if we have a combined convention, the the clashing of the cultures, I, I don't think it's going to be a very fun show. Yeah. Well, disjointed as well, really. Past past that, it's just I, I don't think that a combined convention like the atmosphere would just be wrong for us. We'd be, you know, it's supposed to be our club and and our fandom, and we'd be fifth banana. Yeah, you know, because they'd be trying to sell you transformers and trying to sell you ponies and trying to sell you these other things they've got going, and maybe we'll get some Play-Doh stuff in there and. And, I don't uh, think we'll be fifth, but we're not. We're certainly not the headliner. No, I, I, and and truthfully, third would be best. Best case scenario as it stands right yeah, now. I think that's what we would be, yeah. I'm just trying to think of some names. Maybe like Pony Trans Joe Club. That if... sounds horrible, doesn't it? My perspective <clears throat> that's on it. Toy lads, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I go to it every year, Eddie. It's awesome. It's in Thailand. I've seen some videos once before, apparently, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they're, they're doing a Mexican <laughs> one as well soon. It's hideous. Sometimes, sometimes the donkey? Eddie's, de- Eddie's yeah. down there lurking in the shadows, ready to turn this into a, a terrible dark direction. <laughs> oh, uh, bravo. Bravo. Sorry, Dave. I'll throw in my thoughts on it. Um, right, moving on. <laughs> and... Where, where a lot of folk are assuming that there'll be something else replacing it. And there's assumption that it's combined with something, other brands as well, because we've got, you know, they've talked about the writers group. If you look at what Hasbro actually do for what is one of their biggest money spinners, which is like Star Wars and where Gary mentioned like Celebration earlier. Back in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, which was about 2005, they did a, or 2004, I think it was, they did a, a, a George Lucas figure, and they, you know, for for something like Star Wars. Now they don't do anything. So Star Wars is one of their biggest areas. And it's, of it tur- still costs you a hundred bucks to get in. Of, of turnover, and they still don't do anything related as exclusive products for something like Star Wars. If you look at any other brands that they run, you got no hope. Like, and and that is just literally the facts. 
Hasbro don't even do New York Comic Con now as as a Hasbro booth. They only do like San Diego. New York is equivalent in size to San Diego now in terms of like attendance, you know, give or mm. give or take. But they they they've pulled out their uh, their presence there, and they used to do it. You know, that was sort of two three years ago. They were doing like exclusives for New York, and now they're not. Um, so if they're only doing San Diego in terms of like creating stuff, and even normally within then it's repaints of stuff that they're bringing out anyway you know be it like transformers or star wars or or you know there's there's no there's no real exclusivity there it's just like re, repaints or repackaged stuff they're not doing stuff for star wars celebration they are not going to do anything for anything else you know and and, and you've only just got to look at the, the wider picture of what it is that they 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 do and how they operate with those other brands it's got no hope and i, I it, it's really genuinely quite sad you know I, I, i'm not saying that other people might not pick up the license probably will but for gi joe probably not um you know it'd be something like transformers so i i think if there's an ounce of difference to be made you know, similar to like what gary was like saying you know i think people should make themselves heard and say you know and Take the twelve-inch guys in particular, because all, all of this conversation has predominantly been about three and three-quarter inch. You know, the club have really only been the the only people who've who've flown the twelve-inch flag. So, you know, w- what happens to that? You know, is 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 yeah. that literally it? Is it is it final on that front? Are you actually closing the book on that chapter of toy history? You know, the, I I think so many people have made so many assumptions here without really kind of thinking it through and looking beyond the brand that they're interested in you know if you look at what hasbro do and how the hasbro have been operating with all their other brands and how they produce things for other things because new york comic-con is getting 120 odd thousand people through the door you know we're not talking you know isn't it the they're not going to do now? something for that is it the leader now for for um for cons is it overtaken san diego i know <laughs> i know that um i know that one uh, of those things. london's also closing in too as as like uh you know this, this. yeah london expo i mean depending on you know whose perspective but like you know the people that run new york comic-con run celebration for Star Wars, you know, it's it's Reed Pop. They have the license for Star Wars Celebration, you know, and Hasbro don't create anything for that. You know, it's it, when you look at all of these markets that are much, much bigger and they don't even do anything there, what makes well, you think that well, they're the other, the other thing is the other thing is with the Star Wars thing, I mean, there is so much product out there, you know, the, there's is the kind of like the balance, I suppose, <laughs> and at least the balance of the force. But, you know, like the balance of like the, you know, the, the fact they've got so much product out in lots of different facets. When it comes to like doing like an exclusive, they can get away with doing one or two little cheeky figures. It, with with Joe, that was like our, our main thing was the exclusive figures. So like, you know, you can kind of yeah. understand because there was no product out there. There were very little product anyway. So like... I. I'm just I'm I'm kind of more con- I'm also very concerned about the fact that if there's no joke if there's no convention then well that's horrible because I met so many good awesome friends and people at that show I feel like like I've only just been going the like the last two years I know I know I've only just been going the last two years and I feel like you know t- having that taken away is going to be such a such a devastating thought and I I really hope something can be done because otherwise it's just going to suck so much well, there are always, uh, you know, in the event of something like that going away, there are 
certain dashing individuals that do run local and regional programs. Yeah, there's rollout roll call. There is rollout roll call, <laughs> which is a, a lovely. A, again, yeah, we we uh, we we joke about that sort of thing, but you know, we 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 do a lot in that regard. Uh, there, there's Coil, there's Joe Lanta, there's Assembly Required. Yeah. Uh, there's a show in Dallas that uh, I the official name of it kind of keeps changing. So I, but it's out there. So there's any number of of outlets for it and 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 so um it's not the same though is it mike it's because because it's gonna it's 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 nice obviously it'd be great to kind of go and see everyone those all those different locations and everything but where where jocom or you know one of those international kind of conventions brings everybody kind of together it's like a it's a focal point almost isn't it you know and i know there's there's that as but i don't i can't speak for Dave, but and I can speak for for Coil with if JoCon goes away or becomes a combined common and we don't know we no longer have uh, a a joke dedicated JoCon. I don't want to I don't want to be left holding the flag. I don't want to be the only one. It just it just shows that the brand that I've supported, the company that I supported all this time, just kind of bailed on me and 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 it's kind of left the regional and the local guys left holding the banner. And it's like, well, we do this out of our pocket. We can't. We we don't have the ability to, in some cases, make it any bigger than what we already are. Yeah, and in, in that case, I would kind of feel abandoned. We'll yeah, continue I mean, to still do coil, and I, I know Dave will continue to do rollout roll call. But I, I think I when I when I'm going to speak for Mike and I, I know we don't want to be the only one. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's just realistic limits to what we can do and keep those shows as accessible as they are. And there's there's an element of recruitment as well. You know, it's harder and harder to uh recruit new people to come to those shows if there's if it's not in if it's not out there in some format in in one form or another, you know, because people are just going to slowly switch off, you know, start collecting other things or just, you know, if if, if there's no kind of like new faces coming into these things, you know, it, it, it just makes the job even harder and harder and harder. You know, as someone who, you know, and this from from Chris Eddy and my perspective, you know, all of this is hard enough already. We're in a place where they don't even sell the product, you know, and now you're seeing what is effectively the biggest outlet of stuff that we 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 purchase literally being taken away so it's, it's it's making it even harder and harder and i would imagine many international collectors are just going to feel burnt out by it because if it's only being sold in toys r us at retail in the states you know and, and nowhere else and it, and that is slim pickings in terms of that 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 product portfolio it's just going to completely like filter out or or you're never going to see like the the expansion of the characters that we're getting you know you'll never see jammer uh you'll never see billy you know you, you all you're going to see is like all these sort of like various repaints of like the, right. you know the the, the, the core yep. characters you're never going to get like those experimental tiger know, force toll booth yeah well take take like bombardier you know you you're never going to get those things that are so de- decisive in the community over people either like it or they hate it you know um and and i actually think that's good because it does you know for for good or for bad you know it does every time they announce a figure subscription it it creates so much conversation yeah absolutely yeah yeah which is which is healthy which is healthy you know were they good choices weren't they good choices when they then reveal the, the the figures themselves you know are those good parts aren't they good parts you know we've even touched on it this evening with talking about the choices for for jammer you know it it's it's all good it's all all helps 
keep something alive. But you're never going to see any of that with something that is just like repaints, you know, a green hiss tank and then a red hiss tank. <laughs> you know, it's just like, come on. You know, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's that that's 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 what you're gonna be if you get stuff, that is what you're gonna be getting. Right. So I think Downer. I think on on there. I think we've we've said enough on that now because um Hold on. Hold on. We're at the half. Packers up 17-11. There's a boost <laughs> for, the, for the Packers. Um, the Packers came from behind. <laughs> the old Green Bay Fudge Packers. What? So uh, let's let's also stop in and have a Joe Colton drink check. I'm here. <laughs> how, how much of that bottle is not? Probably half. <laughs> Atta girl. Atta girl. I got to make you guys proud. Chug, chug, nobody, chug. No, nobody has problems here. Nobody <laughs> has problems here. I've got a couple. Anyway, speaking of which, have, have you have you made John pie yet? I did. It's all your fault. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. You should make Chris, him another pie. Do you know about this? Every time they they get me into these podcasts to talk, I always get myself in trouble because of them, and I have to make him a pie. Oh, nice. No, not nice. I don't want to make. Him <laughs> I don't pie. want to make any more pies. Make a really crap pie so that he doesn't ask you to make pies anymore, and like like or, a crap or, pie. Or yeah. Actually. Well, actually, a crap pie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peanut, but- oh, peanut butter flavor. Oh, right. Sweet corn and... Anyway. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry. Okay. McLeod went right to the cliff and says, I'm just going. <laughs> That's Mr. what I like Hanky to do. Pie. Yeah. Oh, and it's nearly Christmas. He so. believed in it, though. He, he believed in it. Oh, right. I'll tell her. Right, the the last news story, and obviously one of the major ones, was uh, Gary Goggle's head. And as we count down the top ten news stories of 2015, uh, I would like to say we're ending this on a happy note, but unfortunately that's not correct. No doubt anybody who's listening to the show is probably familiar with uh, one of the leading online personalities in the G.I. Joe community, and unfortunately, in 2015, he left us quite suddenly and unexpectedly. Gary Goggle's head, unfortunately, uh, passed away in February of 2015, and how could any list of 2015 events be complete without a mention of Gary Head? Even aside from the fact that he was a very close friend of mine, his impact on the hobby was something that can't be overlooked or overstated. He had a unique voice that will truly be missed. He passed away in February, and it simultaneously feels like just yesterday and like a whole generation ago, and I'm completely depressed over how hard it is to remember the last conversation we had, the last commiserating phone call, talking about the direction of the brand and the current state of the fandom. Gary had the unique ability to be sarcastic to the point of physical injury, scathing, abrasive, all while being utterly faithful, loyal, and appreciative of everything that came before. I have attempted and am utterly failing to pick up his mental with G.I. Joe Declassified, and the void he has left in this hobby is physical and palpable, something that stands much stronger and larger than any other singular story on this list. I wish it wasn't so, but it is. So as we think about what Hasbro is doing, and what they're not doing, and how we as a fandom are somehow owed something, let's at least spend a few moments thinking about the three small children who have to celebrate their first Christmas without their father, and realize how fortunate we are all to be here reading and talking about G.I. Joe at all. The fact that Hasbro was able to turn around an homage to him in action figure form so soon after his passing is a testament to the impact he had in the fandom and how much he was appreciated, not just by friends and fans, but by the engineers of the brand he so admired. Thanks, Gary, for everything. Wow, it's, uh, I can't believe it. We're almost at a year since we lost Gary. Um, it was February 7th, I believe, was the date. Yeah. 
I remember where I was, uh, what I was doing, and who I was with uh, when I started getting the news. I was with uh, one of Mike's friends, as a matter of fact, and his wife, Jamie, who's on our fantasy football podcast, and uh, his wife, and then my wife, and we were at a restaurant. Phone was literally buzzing off the table. I'm like, what in God's name's going on? So I look at the phone, and I'm getting text messages. And I got a text message from someone I haven't got a text message for in a long, long time. And they're like, what's up with uh, this stuff with Gary? I'm sorry, I've been not in the loop today. So I jump on, and I see a message from one of his friends that uh, that said that that Gary died. Gary liked to was was a bit of a a, a dark prankster, and he would disappear for a while on uh, Facebook and then come back and then say that, you know, he was leaving and come back and just, just kind of some, he was a dark prankster. And we saw the message and, and thir- everyone surely thought, oh, this is surely another one of Gary's gags. As the night wore on and, and less and less info became available, reality started to sit in for uh, everyone that was a friend of Gary's that this was uh, honest to God. Uh, you know the real deal, unfortunately. Mm. So I, I remember, I remember that night very vividly. I remember um, just staying at the restaurant for another couple hours. Debbie and I just kind of uh, drowning sorrows and a couple more adult beverages as uh, as Jamie and his wife left. It, it brings up a, an important point that uh, I talked about a joke on, and I'm not the most healthiest person in the world, but I, I do. Go to the doctor, and I do get regular checkups. Uh, but I think the important thing is, is you need to know your family history. Uh, Gary knew his mom. I don't know how much of his daddy knew, but I don't think he knew a lot. He didn't know his family history when it comes to health. And I think if he had some of that information, they might have been able to discover something uh, in his in his body before it became an issue when he was strenuously uh, shoveling snow. Yeah, um, up in Chicago, and it, Chicago snow is heavy snow because it's lake effect snow. So it's it's right from the lake, so it's going to be very damp and sticky snow. And uh, as as someone that's had to shovel that themselves, because occasionally we can get lake effect snow as far south as Indianapolis, uh, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Uh, maybe he would have f- figured something out in an earlier checkup or something, but uh, that was not to be. But it has opened up my eyes. I know it's opened up other people's eyes. But my main message is to know your family history and to 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 know to go to the doctor on a regular basis and especially when you get past 40 the doctor does some uncomfortable things to you if you know what i mean yeah uh, you know it's 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 not there to dehumanize you it's there to make you be on this earth a little bit longer for the people that love you so go to the doctor do those things get your checkup uh and and know about your family health uh, gary is still an individual that we're still missing right now in this community he was a huge voice uh, a positive voice in most cases, and I think that's that's a lot of things that threw people off is that he was positive in, in a lot of his assessments, and uh, it, it's it's a voice that I don't think that uh, will if it's going to be replaced, it's going to be a long time before we find that person. But uh, you know, in all due to respect to Gary, I don't think that voice will ever be replaced. So uh, he's sadly missed. Um, uh, as far as I know, his his girlfriend and his kids are, are doing well up in Chicago, and 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 they're moving on with life. Uh, but um, it's hard to believe that uh, we're, we're at a year since we yeah. la- we lost him. I mean, it's been well said, by the way, Gary. That was that was lovely. I, I think it's been kind of well documented the kind of relationship that we had, uh, Dave, Eddie, and myself had with Gary initially when we when we first kind of were introduced to Gary, 
and it, it was an online relationship initially. Uh, it sounds like we were dating, but that's not the, that's not the case. It was uh, quite. I mean, we've talked about it, you know, at loads, and the fact that when we when he first started kind of interacting with us, there was I don't know, there was almost like a bit of you know, we didn't really know what he was like. And, you know, lots of people have told us about his personality, this and that. But there was like a there was a definite like friction uh, initially. And once we'd kind of got past a couple of like funny little altercations online and kind of met properly, you know, that started to kind of fizzle away a little bit. And it, But it wasn't really until Dave invited him to roll out Roll Call that we kind of got that that change um, of, of, you know, like he just kind of basically went did a 180 and he couldn't have been a nicer guy to us after that and i think it was there was an element of who are these guys coming in you know because we were that you know obviously david been doing his panels for a year before obviously uh you'd met him first dave hadn't you had in, in kind of face to face yeah dallas yeah no not dallas um indianapolis Indianapolis, yeah, yeah. So you and you'd done like that kind of thing. So there was there might have been like a little kind of thing of you know who is this who are these guys coming into the kind of fandom? You know this is you know we we've we you know it, it, there might have been an element of that. And I think once you kind of figure figured us out, we weren't dodgy characters as it were. And, and obviously, oh, you kind still of, are. Yeah, oh yeah, we're totally dodgy. But I think that, yeah, artfully so. We we fooled him though. That was the best part. No, um, and he yeah he he just became the nicest guy and couldn't have been more positive about rollout roll call and uh, i'll let dave fill up that element in a bit better but you know we're uh, to be honest when when it finally you know when we heard the news shock initially i was very very shocked wasn't quite because I, I i from knowing him the uh, as we did i did initially think it was a joke i didn't think it was real and i thought oh this will just you know just something on like a a, a post of page or something that wasn't the case obviously and it was very you know that shock turned to quite a lot of sadness and to be to be honest at Jocom when they revealed the sightline thing and there was a little homage to Gary it was quite uh you know everyone was choking up you know myself and I know Dave as well included in that it, it was a very sad oh, moment that's there was no joke I there was a reason I pulled my sunglasses down for that one yeah yeah <laughs> That w- that was not easy. That was a that especially the fact that his his family were there as well. You know that 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 wasn't fun. You know that was a that was a shame. I tell you also not not to speak over your time. Another no, thing no, that I, that really wasn't easy was signing those pictures for his kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the night before in the, in the pub. Yeah. And after signing that, I just told Deb. I said, "Watch my drink. I'm just gonna go walk around the corner real quick and." And uh, walk it off, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that was difficult signing. What do you tell a kid that may not, his youngest one may not remember him when he's a full adult? It may just be fleeting images and whatnot. What do you tell a kid? You know. Yeah. I don't know to tell a kid. I wouldn't. I'd... That was difficult. We so we'd gone through quite a strange little relationship. You know, it was it was a, it was a weird one, but at the same time, because of the the fact that we'd gone gotten a lot closer towards the end. It was it was that kind of much you know it was, it was a lot harder to kind of take I suppose to you know than I than I would have expected had that happened at the start of of meeting Gary do you know what I mean like I think had I only just met him and it, we'd had that kind of bit of a fiery back and forth I you know I obviously I'd have been sad that someone's passed away but it wouldn't have affected me as much as. Uh, uh, you know it, it was made worse the fact that he then became like quite close and you know was constantly chatting and stuff on on online and stuff and it was just yeah, yeah well i mean you'd worked 
you had worked for the relationship. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It, it's 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 almost a, a a quantity even in and of itself. You know, and mm-hmm. and it's it's tough to let go of. And you and you value these relationships because you, you, with technology nowadays, you assume that hey, I can very easily drop a line to Gary and I'll talk to him. Yeah. You know, in the next couple of minutes, or I can get him on Skype or I'm, I am, and we could talk to him right away. I'm sure when when you saw him last at rollout wasn't it that rollout yeah. roll call and when i saw him last at that assembly required that i'd be seeing him again yeah and i i'm i when we got off the got off uh, skype with him when we did our last uh podcast was him episode 99 which was he died a week later yeah i thought for sure that we'd be talking to him again so it makes you makes you value these relationships a little it bit does. more it does knowing that just because there might be a show a year from now there's no guarantees in life yeah yeah, I was I was chatting with him on Facebook the night before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, literally within sort of a few days of it, or, or a few days before, we were talking because uh, uh, Aphex Twin had sort of um, got oh, onto sound, SoundCloud. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, they they just like uploaded tons and tons of like sort of old work in progress tracks, and we uh, we were sort of like knocking back and forth. And the bit that tickled me over. The whole thing, because I knew he was a huge fan of Apex Twin, was that he was going to put together a uh, mix tape on CD of his favorite <laughs> tracks off what was there. And he was literally going to be posting it to me, which he didn't really need to do because I'm listening to the same thing he's <laughs> listening to. But he wanted to do that. But he he wanted to come back to Roll Out Roll Call, and he was literally the f- he, you know he he was bugging me crazy. Uh, a couple of weeks before, like you know, to confirm the date, because he he wanted to make sure that he could make it and expand on, you know, what he'd done uh, for the show in in 2014. And the moment I um, you know confirmed the date, you know, within 24 hours, he got back to me saying, "Yep, it's all it's all in, it's locked in, I'm there." And you know, he he was effectively the the first uh, guest, so to speak, to. Uh, uh, announced for the show because he, you know, he, he he was just like straight on board with it. So, you know, I mean, we we we've 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 covered it all before. You know, as 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 Chris said, you know, I'm I'm just sort of grateful there was a a chance for for sort of resolutions and stuff like that. You know, before you know what what you know ultimately sadly happened. You know, just very very sort of very tragic and and as what Gary was like saying you know it's 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 a wake up call for everybody to make sure you know that um you know they get regular health checks to sort of not to sort of create problems but like you know just be aware and 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 sort of monitor that sort of thing you know before it uh, you know creates you know genuine problems and stuff so yeah. i mean i'm i'm a very kind of sporty person anyway so like kind of exercise wise i tend to try and do as much as possible but I must admit when that kind of came through I'd you know you kind of you you just kind of think right what I need to do more I need to kind of improve my diet I need to do this I need to do that and you know you you tend to kind of do that when these things happen and then about two months down the line you you know you're you're straight back off that and you're doing you know you're hardly exercising and you're eating loads again and it's just like it's really sucky but you do have to just keep doing it if you want to live for a long period of time you know you have you know or give yourself the best chance you have to really improve a lot of aspects you know and it doesn't it, it, you just keep forcing it home like you know when, when whenever we talk about this again I'll, I'll i'll be like right i need to t- 
I need to do this again. I need to do that again. You know, I, I feel like I have to constantly be reminded, you know, to to kind of stay in that that vein. You know, it's 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 tough. It's not easy. It's just a sucky way to go as well. You know, like just exertion. You know, and and also like you say, if it's it's family history, that could be taken out of your hands. No matter how healthily you're living, how much you're exercising, can just be completely taken away from you because of some sort of heart defect you didn't know about or something mm-hmm. that a medical couldn't wouldn't even bring up you know like you just kind of got to live your life and 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 hope that it's a good one and and hope that it you know is is, is a long one I, I i think i think the thing to to say really is that um uh, from my perspective my my dad died in his mid-40s yeah so he was a young he was a young man you know it is it is what it is but you must value those people around you. You must love the people that you love. You must tell them. Because every day you don't know what's going to happen, but you must enjoy your life and do as you please. But don't hurt anybody in that process. That's how it should be. And just value what you've got. Value those around you. Because when it's gone, it's gone. And that's that's the end of that. And you will always miss these people that have come into your life and, and, and have now gone. But they're always in your heart, and I think that's the important bit. That's my take on that it. That's nice, Eddie. Well said. Okay, so basically we've come to the end of the year in review. Thank you so much for for jo- joining us on the uh, on the episode again, guys. It's been fantastic talking to you guys again. It seems like it's been too long. I thought you were. I thought, I, thought, I thought you guys were guest starring on our show. <laughs> well, it's it's whoever's <laughs> doing the editing, and it's going to be me. So, <laughs> well, thank God. Yay! <laughs> thank God. Um, yeah. So has a chance of getting up before next May. <laughs> He's having a go at you. He's that, having a yeah. go at you, Gary. <laughs> Don't worry about that, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's been great, and also great to have you on, Joe, as well for the first time. It's my pleasure. Cherry popped. <laughs> She's drunk. She don't remember. <laughs> Cherry wine. I'll come back whenever you guys want. Brilliant. Well, you you said good things about She's action. Totally forces. drunk yeah, now. She's off off her face. <laughs> off. I'm not drunk. She's off her boobs. As it would, as, as we say. Hey, with 9.41 left to go in the third quarter, it's 18.17, Redskins. Perfect ending. Yes. Oh. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, this is just a fake <laughs> sign-off, by the way, so we, well, I'm not going to hang up on you after this. But, yeah, thanks very much. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Fun as always. Cheers, guys. Hey, word. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Bye, Bye Chris. Bye. Drop the mic. Bye, Chris. Bye. No, we don't, we're not leaving now. This is the end of the news. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Chris. Hey, oh God! I, the one I have to work with. It's just I, I, I quit. I don't quit. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. Take care. We, we, we have been. Did someone say news? And that's the news brought to you by GeneralsJoes.com. As always, you can keep up with the show after listening to us by following on Twitter at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Full Force. And if you would like to contact the show, you can write to us via email on thefullforce at allthecoolstuff.co.uk with feedback, questions, vicious scathing criticisms or just insults. You can view content regarding the show on www.thefullforce.com. 
All the Cool Stuff is a proud sponsor of the Full Force. Come visit our store near the New Forest in Hampshire for the latest toy collectibles, including G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, Masters of the Universe, and Lego. We also stock a large inventory of vintage toys too, including Action Force, from loose figures and accessories to carded and boxed vehicles. I can see the whites of their beady little eyes. Looking to sell your toy collection? All the Cool Stuff will buy and convert your toys into cash. You can call the store within the UK on 01425 650696 or if calling from outside the UK, don't forget to add the international dialing code first of 44. You can visit us online at www.allthecoolstuff.co.uk or email if you have a specific inquiry, sales at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. In Demand Toys are an independent toy shop located in Norwich, Norfolk in the United Kingdom. Specialising in a large range of new and pre-owned toys, they cover a number of brands such as Star Wars, Marvel, Transformers, G.I. Joe and many, many more. You can order direct from their website at idtoys.co.uk or send them an email to shop at idtoys.co.uk if you want to sell your collections or just have a general inquiry. Alternatively, you can visit their shop at the Dixon Shopping Centre on the Reefham Road in Norwich. As well as being one of the best independent toy shops around, they are now a proud sponsor of the Full Force. I'm here to pick up some guys from the Action Force team. In this particular episode, and what is a year in review, 2015, we're going to be looking at the top fives in figures, vehicles, and comics. So we'll start with the figures. Top five G.I. Joe figures of 2015. At number five, con-exclusive wreckage. As you will notice, we all like Tiger Force here. When we heard Sabretooth, uh, I mean Wreckage, was going to be included in the concept, everyone foresaw the obvious Firefly repaint as a homage to the original unreleased, then released figure. Even so, he looked great and filled another gap in many a Tiger Force fan's collection. Number 4. Figure Subscription Service 3 and Con-Exclusive Tiger Force Frostbite. At number 4 we have not one, but two figures. We couldn't include one without the other, as the mystery 13th FSS figure became the original Frostbite, it was a no-brainer to use him for the convention exclusives in his Tiger Force deco as well. The design of the figure is flawless, he looks fantastic in both colour schemes and that new tooled fur holster is a really cool way of adding detail to the base body. I was actually surprised we didn't get a repainted snowcat for the Tiger Cat driver, but considering it had been used for the Havoc Mark II and a Basilisk from Hasbro, I fully understand the reasons why. At number 3, Figure Subscription Service 3 Repeater. Another repaint, yes, but this figure is superb. I must admit, Repeater passed me by as a kid and I wasn't that into the character until the Collector Club's Night Force version was revealed for the 2013 convention set. The figure was beautifully executed and managed to breathe life into a character that might as well have been invisible the first time around. The original version Deco was released in the figure subscription service and is one of three figures from the FSS in our top five. He doesn't carry the monstrous Steadicam gun featured in the Nocturnal Fire set, but that isn't an issue as the sculpt and Deco alone make him an awesome addition to 2015's Best Of. This figure alone had me go back and buy vintage carded figures in his Digi Camo and Night Force Decos. At number 2, 50th Anniversary Gung Ho. Gung Ho is a character that screams G.I. Joe. His overall look is village people and his persona is hard as nails. 
Added to that the fact he had a repainted version in the UK named Gaucho, and I would think he is as popular here as he is in his home country. He makes our second spot because this particular sculpt is like the 4-inch G.I. Joe version of a Transformers masterpiece figure. First seen in a concept case many moons ago, he fast became a fan's must-have, and thankfully Hasbro were listening. It took the 50th anniversary to get him right, but it was well worth the wait. And at number one, FSS3 Big Ben. Another awesome addition to the FSS3 by the G.I. Joe Collectors Club in 2015. Not only did they create another character from good old Blighty, P.S. we know he was an American figure but his character was born in Burford, England, but they retconned him into Special Action Force to boot. Originally released on the US G.I. Joe card in 1991, the club managed to upgrade to the modern format and spectacular style, making a rather nondescript character very interesting indeed. Add to that a bevy of great accessories and the play value has increased no end. You may think Big Ben edged it for us as the best figure of 2015, mainly due to the SAS slash SAF links, but his look, posability, weapons and gear make him a standout performer worthy of the number one spot. Honourable mentions. Sightline. For obvious reasons, we couldn't go through the best figures of the year without mentioning the newest character. An homage to Goggles and one that had everyone choking up when it was revealed by Daryl DePriest and Mark Webber at Jocon. Chuckles. A new deco and neat build, this Chuckles looked great either behind the wheel or in the passenger seat of the FOE Striker that may or may not have made its way into our top 5 best vehicles of 2015. Collectors Club Dr. Mindbender. This one was a nice surprise. Minimal articulation thanks to a huge coat, but awesome looking and we always like more 1987 movie themed characters. Convention Iron Anvil. A solid figure that looked mean and ready for a fight, the addition of the officer meant that these guys would become the new army building fascination for many fans. Old Snake and the Stealth Bats. A cool crossover with Transformers and what many people believe to be Cobra Commander in a hat and coat. Great packaging as well. Hit and Run. We mean the FSS version, not the silvery grey face painted 50th version. Fan uproar forced the club to change tactics when first revealed, so they did a re-reveal and seemed to get it right, apart from that dotty facial stubble of course. So there you have it folks, our top 5 figures of 2015. If you have any different ideas, feel free to write on our Facebook page or send us a message on Twitter or even email if you want to. You know the drill, listen to the many contact bumpers we have during the show for details. The government has loaned us this really marvellous Cobra equipment. And some force equipment, I see. The figure review, the swordfish. We thought it would make a nice change to focus our attention on a vehicle instead of a character this episode, so we all decided to review the Q-Force's very own hovercraft-styled missile boat, the Swordfish. The Swordfish was an original vehicle, reusing the AF-5 flotation collar and missiles and making use of the large MMS missiles launcher. It was released in 1983 and also available during 1984 and was supplied without a figure. It came with either a blue or yellow flotation collar, with the yellow option being much harder to find. The yellow flotation collar was used with the 1982 AF-7 deep sea diver platform. The 1983 version of the vehicle was presumed to have been supplied in a window box, although none have been found. The 1984 version came in a card box. Right guys, so Steve, seeing as you're new to the show and you have, well I'm not saying you, 
talk about every single time. <laughs> and you have a swordfish. Um, and you have a swordfish, and this is something I think quite close to your heart. Would you like to just give us a little um, rundown of the swordfish, maybe describe it a little bit, and also tell us a little bit why it means anything to you oh, in particular? With pleasure, Chris. First of all, I'm not convinced there was ever a window box swordfish. Cool. Uh, that's, I know I that's controversial. I agree with you, actually. No, I don't think there was one. Even to the extent today you're doing some research of trying to squeeze one into a window box and it will not fit. Right. So <laughs> I'm pretty convinced that it was never one, but I'd like to be proved wrong on that one, uh, which will probably mean in a week's time, Eddie will find one that he's bought. <laughs> some Indonesian version of eBay or something like that from some street peddler who was selling snake oil. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine that? That'd be sweet if that's how you got hold of it. If you had to go on like a proper Tomb Raider kind of mission, that'd be sweet as Eddie backpacking through the Himalayas just to kind of like just to find this fit that'd be fantastic to find himself and a swordfish <laughs> no box. um anyway i it's the perfect one Inman for me begins <laughs> sorry like batman karen <laughs> oh yes we've got the reference chris it's sorry good. carry on no, no. sort of take me bossing you about on your own show <laughs> no i it's a great one for me to be on because i absolutely love the swordfish i'm probably as mad about the swordfish as dave is about the sea lion which is obviously like an addiction um re reason being i just see it as the absolute epitome of action force yeah. the whole cobbled together nature of it where you've got sort of the well the flotation ring from a couple of the series one vehicles haven't we and yeah. um and the idea that you can just imagine a production meeting where the first one ever was like held together with gaffer tape <laughs> a bit of blue tack some missiles strapped on the sides um and you can see from sort of the catalogs and the images of it that were the prototypes that it was really just a work in progress until they suddenly released it. Um, also, it was one of the vehicles that me and my brother had as first Action Force when we were kids. Yeah. So um, I've just got memories of, um, and the totally down with the kids pop culture reference. Does anybody remember All Creatures Great and Small? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh you know, God. the very opening scene on that where yeah. they go through like a water splash through a river. That's... Yep. Um, that's about 60 miles away from where I grew up. And nice. we used to go and float our swordfish across that river down that stream, fully laden with all of our figures and things. So oh, I Already I know, feel like the show notes are going to be laden. With a Model T with... Ford, like, jumping over it. It would literally be like that, Dave. And um, that would be our... Your arm up a cow's... Yeah, well, <laughs> that was on the way home. You know, you've got to do everything you need to while you're out in the out in the moors. Um, so, so no, it's memories like that. I just absolutely loved it for that, and it's just an awesome vehicle as well. It's got so much play value. Um, you can stand what about seven, eight figures in it. There's f enough foot pegs and things. It's just an awesome bit of kit. So yeah, I just love it. Fantastic. Do do we all own one of these? Let's have a, a run through. Actually, Dave, do you have this? I have a sword. I have a couple of swordfishes, and none of them are complete. Sweet, <laughs> because the torpedo hinge on the side on each one of mine has snapped. Oh, so classic I've, weakness. Yeah, I've yet to find one where I have a, a hinge torpedo. <laughs> Sorry, hinge. <laughs> it's 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 most upsetting. 
Oh, mate, that sucks. <laughs> oh, Chris, I thought you were laughing at the Dave's unhinged joke. I was. I was. I was <laughs> laughing at the hinge part of that. That's one. One other one of Eddie's favourite uh, sayings. <laughs> yeah. Is, is Eddie watching Casino Royale already? Say again, sorry. <laughs> I said, is Eddie watching <laughs> Casino Royale already? Has he disappeared? Uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm currently... Sweet. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm watching Casino Royale. Brilliant. No, no, I, I'm listening. I'm just listening to you guys. That's okay, fine. that's fine. Um, do you have the swordfish, Eddie? Uh, yes, yes, I have several, indeed. Sweet. Uh, I have, I have um, uh, two boxed and a loose one. I have the UK one. And one that I, I managed to snag from Mr. Dawson, Brilliant. which is the uh, which is the German which is the German version. Do you want to take us through the German version and what and the kind of differences, I suppose? Well, one's uh, uh, the Velenjet, which is a, a slightly smaller box than the uh, UK version, um, and it has a sort of blue flotation device. Yarp. Yeah, it's it's just subtle differences really between between the two. Uh, the the smaller uh, German box is uh, is pretty cool actually, and you were saying something earlier, Steve, about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because um, the smaller box it's really tightly packed in there, but the weird thing I found with it is the mint on card German figures have all got an English bio one as well as a German bio which always freaks yeah. me out a bit because they were purely released in Germany so why did they put the English sort of backstory on for them which is the the different the whole terror band backstory but translated into English uh, and it was only earlier on when I was getting sort of photos ready and things like that that I noticed that on the German boxed Velenjet that it's actually just got it in German okay. which it's sort of which totally makes sense, but it just goes against the whole of What's the rest been of the range. With the yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of weird. yeah, yeah. So I mean, Eddie's sort of quite rightly sort of point out the box differences there. The actual toy itself, the differences are quite weird because it's um, it's almost white plastic yeah, rather say, than much the lighter gray. than the grey, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Other than the radar dish, which is just a really dark almost black plastic as well yeah. obviously stick it up differently and things like that um i've got mine two sat side by side here as i talk and there's the weaknesses are the same to to them because you know the cast and everything's the same it's really just the color cast that's different <clears throat> but um it, yeah it, it kind of makes you wonder where uh they would have produced produced the two toys yeah. separately the same moldings would they have done that in leicester would they have done that in meccano where would they have done that why are there the differences? You know, it's, it, there's a lot of conjecture between what it could be or what it couldn't be, really, I suppose. Unless Dave has anything uh, of value on that, I don't know. <laughs> Only from the Moving point on, of Chris. view... Moving <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nothing's black and white in terms of everything was only done in, like, sort of two locations anyway. Well, we've just established uh, that, Dave. It's great. Yeah, thank you. Uh <laughs> But um, I, I think um, as, as to why there'd be that one for like Germany and, and any others, why do you have with the Hasbro era stuff, different color versions of the Havoc, you know, in the Europe versus like the States and, you know, so on and so on. So um, um, I've, I've kind of always uh, assumed it's because it's been manufactured at a different site. Because they've got slightly different equipment, they would buy slightly different ingredients to make the plastics on and so forth, yeah. and that's that's uh, that's what I just I think is that simple. 
it's only for a me. subtle difference, isn't it? If you think yeah, about yeah. Like your plastic mix, it's just slightly less grey. Yeah. If it might say on the boxed one, actually, Eddie, bizarrely, uh, I don't have it to check these days. But uh, it <laughs> might say Eddie's it's got it. Because <laughs> uh, the UK one is just manufactured in England and France, it seems. So, uh, but I don't know where where the Velenjet mate show was manufactured. I, I could go and quickly check if if, if that's what you would like. Yeah, and you go, could carry on discussing. Go grab it. <laughs> Shall I also have a look at the Velenjet box? <laughs> don't even worry about that. Just grab it. Grab it and right, okay, it. I'm on. I'm on it. I'm on it. Boom! 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 <laughs> It'd have been funnier if he'd have worn his headset as he'd have gone <laughs> and tra- dragged his computer on the ground. Yeah, you, you hear a huge crash in the background. As he's like, either that, this or whole shelving like unit comes down. Or either that, or he's yoinked him and he's like fallen flat on his back or something like that. <laughs> like like a a yeah. <laughs> and then you'll get Annie's voice. Are you finished already? You're normally on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call the hospital. Dave, did you have it as a kid? Swordfish is something I didn't get as a kid. Uh, and I'll be honest, it never really appealed to me either. Yeah. I think Dave, it's, get out. You're not I think it's pos- possibly because I, <laughs> I uh, procured the far superior sea lion. Here we go. And then once you've got that, why would you want really any other sort of like sea vehicle um the while you got while you guys are fighting over that i was playing with the killer whale oh no hey whoa 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 i a couple of years later i did get a hovercraft i'm only playing Um, with or even even a year later and that that still is one of my all-time favorites as well there's there's Um, actually to be honest both of these both of these action force vehicles have got something about them that make them very iconic distinct um and really really like full of play value so there's no you know there's oh, you can't really no. compare it with like the killer whale which is a you know what no, you, size you totally can chris because like you know if you look at the progression the af7 is pretty lame the uh swordfish is just one notch above lame <laughs> then you've got the seat line which is incredibly cool and then it kind of like apexed there and went down a little bit and then you had the hovercraft in 85 you know over on this side of the world you know what, gentlemen? So, but, 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 but even so, the hovercraft or the killer whale was still much better than the uh, swordfish and the. Uh, have you guys the, got? Have you guys got like a, a the, rivalry the slipper, going on? The slipper that is. I mean, it looks like a slipper anyway. It looks like something you know, like one of those novelty sort of things you put your feet in at Christmas, like the <laughs> AF7. Are you letting him do this, Steve? Are you letting him have this? I'm just trying to get a word in edgeways, Chris. I mean, the MN. It's, uh, it's hard. It's hard, isn't cool. it? The MMS is quite cool, but like when you see it on the back and it's just like wobbling backwards and forwards. And like I said, the fuck, fuck torpedo like just breaks off straight away. And you've got a radar, and that's interesting because all that does is just like turn 360 degrees. Right, Dave, what I've And that's really about it, isn't it? You know, even, even the little driver's time. cockpit, he's like, <laughs> he's like a, a tube driver. He's like sat right at the front of the thing, you know. All he's got yeah. to do is like crash over a whale, uh, uh, you know, a big wave, and he's like smashed his nuts against like the gear stick, and he's like <laughs> in chronic pain. That's why there's no one in the front seat on any of the pe- pictures on the packaging. And whilst all of this is going on, you're just underneath the sea snatching krakens with your lobster-esque pincers. It's just <laughs> I shouldn't because yeah, the sea lion is one of my favourites as well. <laughs> but what I've been trying to say is, from a play value point of view, we'll show up at a river sometime. Chris, you bring your killer whale slash enormous breaking 
fragile piece of crap. Got it. Uh, <laughs> Dave, you bring the sea lion and we'll see who's still laughing after five minutes. The sea lion will have done its job of sinking. Um, mine will be floating nicely. Unless James Herriot's come through in his modern day. <laughs> Run us all over <laughs> at high and then, speed. And, and if I turn up, all three of you would be floating nicely. We're <laughs> 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 up. Right, I, I've just come back, guys. Well, you've missed back. you've missed the you've missed the rivalry ang- argument of the century. But carry you've on. Smackdown. <laughs> oh, right, right. We, we, we've just had a nerd off, have we? Well, kind of. His car's marked. Yeah, we all know that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right, come I, on, Eddie. I've just checked check the box, and it's uh, manufactured in Hong Kong. Ooh. There we go. There we go, then. We just are. solved it. Solved in one fell swoop. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so thanks for coming along to the full force this week. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, Dave and Steve uh, beat each other to death. Beat <laughs> each other off. Well, well, what that, are we going to do, Chris? Well, we can do that. <laughs> Um, I would. I had a swordfish as a kid, but in about a million different pieces. As I was given this box of like action force bits and pieces, like a hand-me-downs box, basically. And in there, there was um, the shell of a cosmic cruiser with um, pretty much nothing that attaches to it left on there. There was um, all like the loads and loads of figures. Uh, and then what I found you know, eventually, not realizing it was one vehicle, but like this, the the body, the flotation device, bits and pieces again here and there. Couldn't tell you now if it was the complete version. But in the like, as as kind of time has has gone on, I've pieced, kind of managed to piece it together a little bit. And it, yeah, it's no way near. Um, you know what, Chris? A little word of advice: Give up trying to piece it together. Um, tell Eddie it's a prototype, and, <laughs> <laughs> and make loads of money out of it. <laughs> you'll, you'll quids in. <laughs> Is that what you've been doing this entire time, Steve? Well, yeah. you know, yeah, little, little jar of paint, you know, leg swap here and there, <laughs> prototype. <laughs> and yeah, and I managed to kind of piece that and the diving platform as well i managed to kind of piece that together as well in this set so i kind of i, I did like the kind of q4 stuff as a kid that was like a you know it was so like different and weird they could have gone the the, the regular route couldn't they and they could have made you know like a, a little mini sub that was just basic instead yeah. they went and they did something like the sea lion they could have made um you know like a, an attack boat in in a kind of you know standard issue fashion uh, yeah. They could have made because uh, the, the swordfish kind of half from it, it kind of reminds me of some what would be like a futuristic uh, night landing, you know, like um, kind of one of those kind of almost like a little speedboat dinghy type, but with you know yeah. some sort of like crazy ish going on all over it. What I particularly like with it is that you know it was the eighties, wasn't it? Hovercrafts yeah, yeah. were like something out of the future. So the idea of having a sort of military hovercraft. It was. It just sums up its era, doesn't it? Really, totally, totally. Um, I'm sorry. Just as I'm saying that, I've just actually broken mine, so that sums up the no. play value. No, no, it was okay. Just the missile fell off. It Dave, was, that bit happened. It. Yeah, oh. it didn't. It didn't snap. It just fell off. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> um, right, and on that bombshell, we shall move out of the swordfish figure review section and roll into from the vault. Access granted to classified data. 
So Dave has been sending us amazing images um, of hilarious concept art, <laughs> uh, wicked mock-ups, and also comic references too. So David, would you like to take us through? First, we might as well go through the concept art first. Do you want to take us through that, mate? Yeah, Hang on, sure. Uh, just, just before Dave starts, I'm just going to press play. <laughs> oh, like, carry on. on Casino Royale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, go, go, I'm really away. <laughs> you know, I was just about to say this one I've never shared before, <gasps> and then you go and do that, and I, I give you everything. Dave, he's already not and, listening. He's and, already watching Casino Royale. This is the Royale, chat I get. You know, <laughs> this, this is the thanks. It's all take, take, take. Thanks, Dave. Um, the um, <laughs> well put up here is um, dated from back in 1981 and this was one of the very first concepts for uh, the deep sea diving platform that went on to be uh, AF7. Awesome. Now the reason is that we, you know, it, it's, it's not directly the swordfish but like if, if you look at the evolution of the swordfish this is pretty much where it started and you can, it, it's still very different to the actual you know, toy that was released it, it kind of looks like a, a George Foreman grill prototype. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to say, when I'm looking at that, I was struggling to see how it even fits onto what it ultimately became. But there's some really geeking, geekily interesting bits on it, like the, the lamp and the steering wheel and the rope coil and things, I think ended up being exactly as pictured there, or pretty much, didn't they? Yeah, you got to remember from a sort of toy manufacturing perspective on the um the multi-mission craft they were gonna use the sort of rubber ring on that some of these things then dictated the form of the design of all these other toys because it's like well we're not going to make two different we're not going to make two rubber rings we can make one and make it fit for both yeah so this this is very much an early concept before it then became like the sort of like more of the sort of uh boat shape or the hovercraft shape that that we recognize because this was just literally a diving platform rather than like a hovercraft of sorts but you hit the nail on the head steve in the, in the sense of that there's there's little features on there that you can see eventually got carried through to the actual production toy but if we look at the next picture which is the uh the first mock-up can we uh, stay on that picture for a minute, Dave, whilst I yeah, mock sure. the drawing in the bottom right-hand corner of it? Because it's just it has to be the most rubbish drawing of what an action figure's meant to look like ever. And, um, I did that. I, I did actually wonder. <laughs> you know, but, um, but I love that. If, if I could get that figure made, please, Dave, as a convention exclusive, perhaps, that would be awesome. Cack Diver. He has an amazing crotch. <laughs> Even the way his left arms, you know, a hand longer than his right arm and things like that. You know, um, maybe that's where the idea of the pincer for the front of the sea lion came from. You've got like all so, the... it's, it's almost a hawking prototype. Well, you got everybody working on this, you know, as as like a sort of a concept generation. You know, you got the uh, designers, you got the engineers, and then they gave that bit to the work experience kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Here you go. <laughs> don't yeah. say we don't include you on these things. You know, it, it, this it job's going to be worth thousands, all right? So don't mess it up. Oh, it days. looks to me, Dave, like the work experience was far more talented than the one I've had in this week. But um, that's a whole other story. He's going to hear this, isn't he? 
I'm going to make him listen to it. It'll be good education for him. <laughs> on his last day. Do you, do you want me to put this paper on the floor, Mr. Dawson, Mr. Dawson, sir, boss, sir? Is he a bit like that? Because that's what I get. <laughs> they call you Mr. Dawson. Yeah, they well. call you Mr. Dawson. Yeah, yeah. That's how retarded they are. You know. <laughs> Show some damn respect. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Rimmer, you... not Mr. Dawson, but you buy toys on Mr. Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, second picture. <laughs> so we, we look at the the second picture, and it's like the the, the first sort of uh, visual appearance mock up that was used for uh, trade catalogs. And here, the AF7 actually looks more like the uh, the swordfish than the AF7 actually you know ended up. It's it's kind of got like very much a a front cockpit sort of control center um I, I really like that and i i like the actual where you've got the af7 on the uh sort of driving platform it kind of looks like the top of a sub yeah do you know what i mean where, yeah. where it comes up that's, that's uh, yeah yeah I, I really quite like that uh, yeah, I, am, on, I am wondering whether gravity may not have been its friend though if you put that in your bath that's going to topple over straight away isn't it yeah it's gonna it's gonna sink forward but if yeah. you look at because if you look at the um the the sort of the line of the uh, flotation device, the yellow device. Yeah. It kind of slants down where it's top-heavy <laughs> top at the front. If you look, you will waste. Someone needs to pump yeah. it up a little well, they, bit. They, they've almost counterbalanced it, I think, in the design to a degree. Made yeah. that one end sort of heavier than the other side. But yeah. it would the diver sit. can't move anywhere. If he does, then like that's it. <laughs> then that's it. Yeah. Seesaw effect. <laughs> But um, that 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 was like uh, the sort of the, the first evolution and, and looked more like the swordfish than the actual diving platform itself. This was um, late eighty one, early eighty two when this was this this uh, particular model was made. Uh, in eighty two, we actually had the AF seven diving platform released uh, and came with the the deep sea diver figure and was sold for a year until you got to 83 which is then where the swordfish really was the reworking of of that concept that idea so taking the, the same flotation ring and taking the the platform uh so to speak um and then redoing it you ended up with the swordfish but again similar as to the the mock-up for the AF7, they made a mock-up of the swordfish for, for catalogue and photography, which is, is less like the swordfish than, than what you had in 1982. You do have like the uh, MMS missiles from uh, G.I. Joe featured on there, so it's like the side torpedo, and you have like uh, the, um, the rear uh, rocket launchers. You've also got some like uh, steering rudders as well, and you've got like a uh, communications tower, but everything can, is is you very can see exposed. Core basics there that made it through with the final version, though, can't you? The yeah. the key things of it: the side missile, the back missiles, the communications tower, and the driving position are all there. Um, it's just as if they've weaponized the diving platform. Yeah, it, it's almost if if you 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 took off the armor of of a swordfish, then maybe that's kind of like what you'd see underneath. You know, the the, the gubbins, the electric electrics, and that. Yeah. Um, but this this actual mock-up was uh, featured in uh, one of the very first stories 
uh, involving this whole new sort of concept of uh, Action Force being split into multiple teams versus uh, uh, the the Red Shadows. And you can see in not too much detail, but you can see it's definitely not like the general release Swordfish. It is the uh, sort of mock-up version because it's got like that sort of um, scaffolding radar tower uh, you can see on a couple of the panels. Um, but it's quite cool that they, you know, the, the, at the point in time, you know, when you're trying to like get across this whole concept, this whole idea of these new teams, you know, th- these, uh, comic artists were working from like sort of similar, uh, photography and, you know, uh, and pictures to, to everybody else. That's a very early comic that they're in there though, Dave, isn't it? Do you know, was that yeah, even yeah, one yeah. of the sort of, was that, it is pro- these... that is the first one. First that one. Is, yeah. yeah. They were just you, like a pull out in Eagle and things, weren't they, at that point? Or was that? It's, that, it's well, very yeah, early. It, yeah. I mean, if you look at that second panel, uh, sorry, that second page, yeah. uh, and it's pretty much center of the double page spread. Yeah. If you now scroll back up, it's pretty much that picture yeah. from Swordfish yeah. Mockup 1. You know, they've literally just drawn that into the, uh, the comic panel. That's really cool. Yeah. One thing I am getting from that, the Black Major needs to get some sleep, doesn't he, in that last picture? <laughs> <laughs> his, that's, his... The, that's the thing with John Cooper, because I, I, I remember actually sort of like putting this out there when everybody was like going on about like how amazing the artwork is. And, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love it, but everybody looked exactly the same. They all had that same haggard Grizzled look. face, yeah. And the, none, of, none of those characters from like the battle era really had any like distinguishing traits or anything like that artistically. You know, it, they all looked, you know, you, you could probably, you know, swap the Black Mage's hat for like a beanie hat for like the SAS to like you know a beret for Z Force you know there was no kind of like style guides like saying that these are what similar to the figures in a way as well exactly yeah that's a very good point something else of interest with that when you look at the other I know it's going off the subject of the swordfish but you look at the other weapons you've got (laughs) (laughs) on the page one in the bottom right hand corner you've got the barrels of the laser exterminator so obviously that ended up in production yet prominently featured on the second double spread in the bottom left hand corner is what looks to me like it was something that was possibly intended to be a toy um that looks like it could be something from the G.I. Joe range that was potentially going to be repainted. Like the flak or something. Yeah, something. It just, it's too prominently featured to just be an accident. It looks quite, it does look a little bit flacky, doesn't it? Mm, I think so. But bearing in mind my knowledge of G.I. Joe is, um, you know, limited. <laughs> <laughs> Get off. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that the time? We're hanging, we're hanging up now. Um, no, that, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I, haven't, I didn't even notice that, to be honest. It's just like, say, everything else made it to production from that comic, other than whatever that was. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh-huh. No, that's cool. That's interesting. Right, yeah, well, we'll be putting these images up on the show notes as well, so obviously people can kind of look, uh, make their own judgments as well, and also have a look at some of these amazing mock-ups. There was one last one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, on the back of the packaging in 83, the, the swordfish that was featured on the back of the packaging there was actually different to the, the release version. Now we've, we've covered this before with things like the cosmic cruiser with like the jets and things like that. And whilst this looks very close to the, 
the actual um, production version, there are some slight subtle differences there. You know, most notably at the front of the swordfish, it has like a hatch. So it's almost like, um, you know, that was like a flip up, whereas on the production toy, it's like completely open. The the actual MMS part is, uh, you know, uh, a, a different color, you know, either that's, you know, it's probably painted up. It's not molded at this point because, you know, this this is like still sort of like um, uh, product photography that's being done. But you can see that uh, if, if you were to do a side-by-side comparison shot with uh, a production version, you know, there are a few sort of small differences on, on what was featured on the back of the packaging to uh, the actual final toy there. Bizarrely as well, um, on... The image that you're looking at there, you can't see it great, but on the actual back of the boxes and stuff, the flap is then way flaps. Um, cast in a, it's in a darker grey. It's as if somebody sort of half thought that, you know, we'll stick it on and see what it looks like. And they decided not to in the end. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a blatant mock-up, which, yeah. Um, there's other things, there's other differences between that and the Velenjet as well. Um, but one thing I'm noticing as I'm sat looking at them, the actual base of the the bit where it literally fits into the ring was kept the same, but then there's a whole different bit molded on the top, which almost looks like somebody took the diving platform, grafted a different top onto it, and then took another mold from it. another cast, yeah. Um, Yeah, which is sort of a kind of bizarre way of doing it, but... um, You're also missing that, like, little chunk I don't know if it's supposed to be like a console that is behind no, no, the come hatch. On, We've been friends a long time. So <laughs> that's a bit harsh, yeah. Was, um... yeah. You're missing that little chunk, Gary. <laughs> do, do you know the bit I mean? It's, it's, it's like a little sticky-up panel behind the hatch. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and if you look at the, the back of the toy packaging there, you know, it's, it, it's not just that there's a hatch, but that whole top piece is, is, a, is a different moulding as well. Slightly controversial theory with that, but I reckon that could have been where a hinge was meant to be for that flap to go on. Yeah. Because um, if you'd have just put two holes in the side of there, you could have then put a hinged um, flap on and it would have then Whee. broke every bit as easily as the side missile did. <laughs> they loved making things so weak in places, didn't they, that, that if you just <laughs> farted near it, it would obliterate. <laughs> Isn't that what makes uh, Palatoy Palatoy? Yes. For for me, personally, the concept art, the actual toys themselves, the uniqueness of the design, what they were meant to do, the retro look, the fact that they've used uh, the craziness of the 70s, in, in my mind, to create these kind of wacky toys. I kind of think they were a little bit ahead of their time with the technology aspect of it, weren't they? To, to, yeah, to, they they've kind of they've made it they've used the seventies influence and made it futuristic, which makes for me whilst on a budget. It, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and it makes it it makes it amazing. It makes uh, from the sea lion to the swordfish, the cosmic cruiser, the Robo Skull, all these toys are wonderfully crafted toys. I don't you know I what they have done, Eddie. The, the, you said they've used the 70s influence. They've used the 70s drugs is what they've done. And then they've made toys. That's what I mean by influence. <laughs> under, you know, literally under the acid. influence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, yeah. It, it's kind of, that's what makes them... That's what makes them so fantastic. You almost can't it, really blame the designers for some of these little um, weaknesses uh, in some of the design because they, they, you know, they were trying to make some things different and and really good. Yeah. And like you say, on a budget, the fact they had to use a certain plastic and the fact that some of the techniques and some of the technology wasn't really there. 
I think they were again they were designing ahead of their time really but and, and that goes to you know you look at stuff nowadays and they're going the other direction they're going back they're like they're trying to minimize on on certain elements of uh, detail because obviously it costs so much and they're trying to minimize the uh, um, you know the amount that goes into kind of like the plastic that they use and and all sorts uh, you know, you, to this day, you see like them, you know, having to go the other direction with it, which is such a shame. You kind of, you wanted them to obviously be able to, you know, make the best quality product as possible, but it's just, it's just not, you know, it's, it's not conducive to the environment, is it? But in in the in the eighties, they they uh, what Palatoy did with with their toy range was was incredible, and it's the same with Hasbro. When you look at the the flag and things like that, uh, the defiant toys like that wonderfully made yeah. fantastically thought out massive toys and it's just incredible that these things could be made because it's not done now no even with our technological advances we can't make what we made then because it's we just almost can't. like it's almost like the tech the technology is taking it to the point where they can go cheaper and cheaper <laughs> yeah but they, they they it's made cheaper and cheaper and it's crap because yeah, well, it doesn't last. Toys aren't made to they, last. You they know, they will not be examples of modern toys. Still, well, the still knocking around in thirty years' time accidentally is, I guess, the key thing. Yeah, um, yeah. There will be ones that collectors have had and just put to one side. But toys yeah. like these that have been bought, played with, pushed down rivers, that sort of thing. Um, Feature on all creatures, great. Feature on all great. If you pause it and zoom in on the high res uh, Blu-ray <laughs> edition of it, I'm probably there. You know, in the background with my swordfish um dave's probably euphemism dave's probably out of shot crying because his sea lion sunk somewhere oh, but start that's... this again <laughs> no something like... else that i've just noticed as well and it's weird when you're sort of waiting for dave to finish you notice these things after 20 years of looking at it um it's got a different number q62 and in the end it was q26 which the numbers have no relevance at all but the velen jet was 26 the uh, swordfish was 26 yeah on all the packaging it's q62 so uh i need to get out more <laughs> well i'm that is the same one used on the velenjet packaging but without the hatch isn't it yeah i think so the velenjet's also got a dark gray floor um so the actual production one of the velenjet has got a dark gray or black floor um but yeah again little differences cool i oh, know it's not i'm like looking at it now Forget that. What am I talking about? <coughs> <laughs> what am I oh talking no, no, no! About? On the actual, on the, on the, on the regular. Oh, uh, McLeod, you yeah, boy! <laughs> on the regular swordfish, it's, uh, it's great, nope, isn't it? No, nope. um, I'm an idiot. You mean? Yeah, the regular uh, floor uh, panel, effectively, on the swordfish is the same grey as the rest of it, but on the Velenjet, it's black. It's black, yeah. Cool. Crazy man. Okay, well, <laughs> that's that. I, I think I think we've. Um, I think we've uh, exhausted. I think we've exhausted the uh, the information from uh, the swordfish. Oh, lack um, of. <laughs> um, no, really, really cool. And again, like we'll put these images up on the show notes so that people can follow and have a look um, at some of the cool stuff a eh, that Dave has uh, shown us with the from the vault stuff, uh, and also. It's really cool, actually. To be fair. Sorry, I just said thank you to Dave. Okay. Because uh, I, I don't want him to feel undervalued. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he just <laughs> just needs to poo more. Um, and at no point have I actually said it's poo. You haven't, no. But now no, I have. But I, I've decided it is. I've just decided it is. Or vomzies. Are you vomzying? It's all the, it's all the <laughs> some young guy he's been eating. Yeah. 
And moving on. The Baroness has located the broadcast energy transmitter. Action Force can't stop us from capturing it now. They're off balance and undermanned. And now we have the top five G.I. Joe vehicles of 2015. At number five, Jokon Attendee exclusive Manta Sub. You may look surprised at this choice in the top five, but this little vehicle looked great in the Iron Grenadier Deco and contained tons of play value. The design fit right in next to all the other IG vehicles and made for a nice addition to the water-based undertows division. For an attendee exclusive, we were impressed, despite the fact that it had been used a number of times in 2004 as the Sting Raider, again in the Rise of Cobra toyline in 2009, and finally as the Sea Adventurer's Craft in 2011. The pincers, foldable and retractable wings hiding missiles, the cool engines and removable cockpit give the toy immense play value and a spot in our favourites of 2015. Number 4. G.I. Joe Collectors Club and Transformer Collectors Club exclusive Marissa Fairborn with Afterbreaker. When news broke of this as an exclusive, I was both happy and worried that I would have to join another club in order to get hold of the figure and vehicle. Thankfully, the exclusive was revealed to be available for both clubs, and what a cool crossover it turned out to be. A character synonymous with the Transformers cartoon and comic series, it was her alleged parentage and figure design that links her heavily to the G.I. Joe universe, but this is a vehicle top 5, and we have put it at number 4 because of the Afterbreaker motorbike that she comes with in glorious carded packaging. Also known as Afterburner, but due to copyright issues had to be changed, linked up with Marissa Fairborn in both the cartoon and comics. A redeco of the Wheel Blaster bike from the G.I. Joe Retaliation line, the only downside is the fact that the toy version doesn't transform. But with a lack of product and being one of the most interesting repaints that we had far too many of, we chose this as a favourite of 2015. Number 3. Jokon exclusive Tiger Sting. We like our Tiger Force here at Full Force and thanks to a set and exclusives from Jokon 2015, we were treated to some really awesome repainted vehicles. In at number 3, we have the Tiger Sting. Another repaint but we love the vamp and the deco really suits this particular version of G.I. Joe's mobile attack jeep. Throw in an awesome Tiger Force bazooka as a driver and you have one of our favourite repaints of the year. At number 2, 50th Anniversary FOE Striker. The funny thing about this addition to the list is that you can't really call it a repaint. There are so many new features and elements to this vehicle that make it more of a reimagining of a popular classic than just a new deco toy. Structurally, it's your classic or striker. June buggy style body with the roll bar cage protection, engine in the back, double antenna and footpeg side panels. What's new then? Well, the weapon system on the top of the vehicle has changed dramatically by adding a more complicated and manoeuvrable mechanical arm, as well as a protective shield for the user of the minigun. Speaking of weapon systems, there are additional machine gun posts on either side of the vehicle should the driver or passenger want to get involved in the firefight. A protective shield has been added for the driver's protection as well, which is also built into a gas canister holder on the bonnet or hood of the vehicle. Finally, we have the coolest play feature of them all. The added rolled up mat and stored poles that are contained in the back of the FOE striker allows the stationary vehicle to become a forward observation post. These little additions make this vehicle a real winner for me and gets more mileage out of a somewhat overused idea. And at number one, we have the Jokon exclusive Tiger Hawk. Tiger Force got their very own version of the Tomahawk slash Eagle Hawk at Jokon in Springfield, Illinois last year, and I for one couldn't have been happier about it. 
As soon as the club teased a small image of the vehicle, I was excited to see how it would look and I wasn't disappointed. As ridiculous as Tiger Force is, I can't get enough of the bright colours and garish designs. The set looked spectacular as a combined force and my only gripe was that there was no box with potentially amazing box art for this awesome twin rotor chopper. Honourable Mention 50th Anniversary Sky Striker with Ace and Sightline With the striking black deco and new character called Sightline included in the set as a homage to Gary Goggle's head, we couldn't go through the list without mentioning this particular incarnation of the Sky Striker. The only reason it didn't make it into the top 5 for us was because we have seen so many Sky Strikers recently that we were a little phased by the overuse of the mould. The fact that we also had the Cobra version of this Sky Striker in the other set pushed it out of the list. So that's it for our top 5 vehicles of 2015. If you have any different ideas, feel free to write on our Facebook page, send us a tweet or even email us with your top 5. We'll love to hear from you. Moving on, we have what we got in. Slightly different take today. We're gonna obviously talk about what we've actually got in, um, but also each of us are gonna pick a top three of the items, you know, that we've had in 2015. You know, they don't have to be Action Force or G.I. Joe, just the top three items you've had in in 2015. We're gonna start with our guest presenter, Steve. What have you got in recently? Uh, and more obviously, more importantly, what are your top three get-ins into 2015, if you've got any, Steve? My get-in well, recently, I'm thinking, well, I've, I've not got it in yet, but I've just ordered... Um, <laughs> hey, yes. I've just ordered Benny's <laughs> spaceship from um, nice. the Lego one. Um, the reason being, I just found my old space Lego in the attic, and then I thought, Brilliant. yeah, I actually really like the idea of rebuilding that and putting Benny's spaceship next to it. So, um, so after Dave didn't respond to my messages saying, "Has he got any in?" I've bitten the bullet, Dave, and you can ignore them messages. Um, uh, <laughs> you you so, already um, did that, Steve. And the, <laughs> yeah, I, I gave you time. <laughs> um, I also there's a Lego theme here, and the, um, as part of Christmas presents, I also got the Louvre in Lego. For the architecture range which wow. is a nice little build yeah just nice little builds but a big problem i have these days is space so that's why i bought a spaceship now um <laughs> i think gonna say you got you i thought you can say you start building it at work please, please tell me actually I'm, I'm gonna get a display cabinet and put it in my office at work do that um, the, the Louvre and the architecture ones, I'm honestly, I'm not kidding either. I'm going to get a display cabinet for my office. That'd be fantastic. At the minute, I've got all of my Lego series minifigures in what was a bookcase in nice. my office. Nice. So um, I've got the most childish lawyer's office ever, but, uh, <laughs> but that's fine. But it is, um, it, yeah, that'll, that'll, um, that'll definitely breed confidence in your clients when they come in. <laughs> Well, I suppose it's a nice little talking point for them as well, isn't it? It actually does work quite well, yeah. Um, especially, you know, the it sort of shows them that you're human and all yeah. of that, or continues the charade assumption. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so no, those few bits and bobs in recent weeks, I was looking more at what I've got in since since last I was on air, effectively. And 17 that was years ago. ago yeah yeah so i was struggling so we call it my top three um one thing that i've got and it sort of looks really like something tiny and it will not impress anyone but um <laughs> that's what you do that's my Wee. penis <laughs> what i've been fancying for ages since the boss fight uh, <clears throat> figures were ordered and i i think i ended up sort of going for about 10 skeletons with it Sweet. Um, i've really wanted 
a Link from the Legend of Zelda figure that's cool. the same scale. So I've got the one from the, I think it's the, is the World of Nintendo. Nintendo, it, yeah, World of Nintendo range. So I just got one of them. Um, I think it's quite collectible because i had to pay about 30 quid for it <laughs> they are yeah they can be <laughs> yeah i ripped it open as soon as it came in so i resisted the urge to keep it mint on cards nice. and now it's just stood ready to do battle with the boss fight skeletons that's when awesome so that was one of my favorite figures from well favorite items in from 2015 second one on the list and it's a bizarre one because it's almost a bit of a hokey cokey into my collection and then out again um because you might well have guessed it's um it's winged its way down to somerset but the <laughs> alternate layout figures that i sort of did a bit of research on um i don't know if you saw anything about this but it was a while ago and it's going back to me as being the whole variant obsessive guy um i noticed that there were a few old series two of action force figures where the layout on the back of the card was different yeah um, the commander mail away was sort of on a total the opposite side of the card and okay. the whole layout was different and i got a bit of a theory going that i sort of tried to keep quiet on for a while that there were the very early release of series two wow. um asked ask dave about it a few times and he didn't respond so uh, so i went off on a research project of me <laughs> um, where <laughs> and it turns out what it was as to identify them on the flash sort of bit on the front it was saying about the battle action force comic in july and august so you can really place them as the spring summer of the sort of phase in of series two nice. so i went off on a mission of trying to secretly buy as many of them as i could so that i could investigate it and sort of try and come to a conclusion of which range was released first and that sort of thing um so that was a bit of a project that went off on in 2015 got That's a load cool. of them in and sort of picked up some from really reliable sources like an ex-rep that i got some from and that sort of thing um so then when i'd finished that little project i then sold them all to eddie um so <laughs> that's why because i sat looking at them all and i really didn't have space for them all so um so it was one of those where right i've satisfied my curiosity now what do we do um so yeah so that was i think second which yeah. was the alternate layout mint on cards sets and then as i've spent most of the episode bickering with dave i thought i'd massage his ego a bit because um in 2015 i actually got the bombardier figure in nice. which was really nice um because I'm sure Dave won't mind me saying this. Dave, are you still there? Yeah. No. Um, um, <laughs> we going back a long time. Um, how many years was it now that you actually discovered all of that, Dave? Was that five, six years? Would you guess? No. More than that. Yeah. You ready? But I I think it's about nine eight. years ago. Eight years. I'm gonna say yeah. eight. It's, it was two thousand and <coughs> seven, eight. I think and eight. So there we go. Um, but I think uh, I know where you're going with it. Yeah, some of the story behind it is when Dave was off discovering all of that. I'd foolishly about two weeks before given him my mobile phone number and said I was available <laughs> through the day. <laughs> so all of a sudden I'm sat at work doing, you know, some work and stuff and I get bombarded with picture messages of all of this stuff Dave was discovering. And it turned out it was the special weapons, it was the bombardier and what have you. And obviously it's a well-told story from there as to everything that led to Dave getting his face on a card back and stuff like that. But I never actually got the figure. Um, I was waiting on Dave sending me a complimentary one for, you know, 
three, four years. Like that. <laughs> uh, finally gave up in 2015 and bought one. So that was my third. Fa- See, I started out being nice and then ended up and slagging Dave off. Slag him up again. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. This will just add to his illness, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I say that, and that was in 2015 I got that, and so that was really nice because um, sort of 2015 for me was a year of lots of my sort of collection going out rather than coming in for various reasons. Right, which, so, um, so Eddie's is going to be the opposite of what you just said, yeah, basically. Yeah, well, um, the whole backstory to it, yeah, I've sort of joked with it, but I've really had to sort of consolidate my collection a lot because I had far too much stuff. My loft was full of stuff that was never going to get displayed yeah. and what must count as number four on my what i got in in 2015 is a law firm uh because <laughs> i actually i actually bought a quarter share of my law firm that i work for Fantastic. so it just la law um, with Steve <laughs> it, it's more dawson law <laughs> la door <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Dawson's Creek. So, <laughs> Dawson's Crack. Uh, Dave. <laughs> I've been having them jokes since oh, Dawson's yes. Creek was on TV. And, uh, <laughs> and it would have been. Love <laughs> I'm going to put all of the theme tunes in, especially that. I really wouldn't have minded the reference at all were it not for the fact that I had a real issue with the. Dawson's head in Dawson's Creek was just strangely misshapen. Yeah. It, it had been squashed between two planks of wood or something it was like that. Pretty it was weird shape. Obviously, probably quite slanderous. Um, and I was quite afraid. I don't, I don't think he listens to the show, Steve. You're all right, mate. He, he well, it's does. Like, it's like he has like a, a mass of fluid on the brain. He told me. So, uh, yeah. So, um, so no, that's obviously impacted significantly because that cost me a bit of cash. So, uh, so I've not actually had copious amounts to spend on toys in the last year, but it's it's Still, all good. That's so, a, yeah, that's a pretty awesome top three though. Pretty interesting yeah. as well. Eddie, what about yourself, mate? What are your what are yes. your most recent get-ins, and then tell us what your top three are from 2015. Uh, okay, the, the the recent stuff is um, I got a Battlestar Galactica ID pack. Cool. Mints on, mints on card. It's quite cool. I got a Sideshow Darth Vader. Very nice. Cool. Uh, I got the Lego Shield Helicarrier. Cool. Uh, I got the Lego Ghostbusters Firehouse. Cool. <laughs> which, is, which is awesome. Uh, I'm I just got, laughing at um, you because you've like that's about ten thousand pieces between them two sets, isn't it? That you've just yeah, bought. yeah, that's about uh, six months yeah, of is, work, it, isn't it? It's about <laughs> ten thousand pieces, so that's that's rather marvellous. Um, I got a boxed Manta Force uh, Battle Fortress, fantastic. Red Venom got some books as well, which is the action figure field guide, which is really cool. What about the Ultimate Mega Guide for action figures? I got the ultimate Star Wars collector's book. That's really uh, nice. Interesting, Eddie. What period does the Mega one cover? Is it going uh, right back? all the way through? It goes from the sixties through to now, basically. It's wow. everything. Wicked. Does it have the the Line Rock military stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's got. Oh. That will have the Dukes of Hazard range as well, on hasn't it? That I'm obsessed with. Yep. Yeah. It's got. Oh. Pretty much everything from uh, the twelve-inch figures as well. It's it's really really cool. Mega twelve-inch were rubbish, though, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, but there's something about them that makes them. Do you know what I mean? That's so. <laughs> they're good. They're like the yeah. That's pretty much like all Chris. the toys we talk about. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like kind of like Chris. So uh, so <laughs> he's good. That's gonna be, that's gonna be on my headstone. Uh, I I got the rack toys book uh, by Brian Hyler. I like uh, a good which, rack. Which is, which is signed by him. 
uh, which is rather you left cool. it long enough nice. for the rest of us to chip in, Chris. But you, yeah. um, sorry. <laughs> hang on, I'm finished yet. I'm finished yet. Bear, bear with me. I, I got the fun stuff Hulk from the seventies. Brilliant. And and a Hulk annual from 1979, which is, which is <laughs> really really cool. I got a uh, black hole pinball game. <laughs> ginormous. Amazing. <laughs> Eight foot long. Have you got to get uh, the ball bearing in the black hole? Uh, essentially, yes, and that isn't a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I got a salesman sample action man, Ooh, which is very which cool. And I managed to snag that for £45. I was really pleased with that. I also got a boxed Battlestar Galactica Colonial Viper. Cool. Which is, which is really good. Mm. What uh, frustrated me with that, Eddie, is that the figures aren't compatible size, are they? Uh, no, no, it's, yeah. it's no. I know, I know, it does suck, but it, it's still a cool toy. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I quite no, like, oh, I like, yeah, sorry, it's without doubt a cool toy. It's just I, yeah. I like I like the retro artwork, but yes, I do agree. Yeah. It's a bit after about ten minutes of trying to fit a sort of you know a three and three quarter inch figure into it, I just realised it wasn't to be. Yes, it's it, it, essentially it's like trying to put your penis through a keyhole. I don't, I don't know where I came up with that analogy for. Bear with me in the interest of research. I'll be back in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it as we speak. I've got a little padlock down here, which I'm just trying to smash in. <laughs> Interestingly, Chris's little phallus is hanging out through his front door. <laughs> <laughs> Waving at the next door neighbours. Sorry, carry on. You meaning also, to through the keyhole? <laughs> Peehole through the keyhole. Sorry, carry on. In a recent Indiana Inman raid on uh, Mr. Dawson's collection, uh, I believe it's in the post. Uh, is he'll be with a, you on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> is the uh, uh, German Mock Adler. Nice. Uh, which uh, which is what I haven't got. Uh, thank you, Steve. That's you're, you're uh, welcome, Chris. Can we actually edit out the sound of me taking being up a parcel from this section? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what and else is it? And it, it will the, never leave. Miscarded <laughs> um, Cobra officer. Co- cobra officer miscarded as Cobra. Z Force uh, radio op miscarded as Captain, and Gung Ho miscarded as um, Mutton Junkyard, if I remember rightly, or Ging He, as my predictive text changed it to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but well, I, I understood it. So uh, oh, Right, yeah, so that, that kind of concludes what I got in. So you know, I, I it, have a reason, right? It's really nice to actually listen to what Eddie got in for once and not just think, well, I can, you know, times 15 on my phone at this point because I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because normally I'm just like, well, I can cut five minutes out of um, our things just by, yeah, I know. Lols. Yeah, I know what you got in your knob. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you've got in your knob. Um, Sorry, and, Eddie. and Eddie, your top three That's of right. 2015, if you would be so uh, kind, sir. Right. Okay, now I've selected um, the version two black box, uh, black box, the version two <laughs> box, black hyena, uh, not the black right box airplane. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so that's one. Um, the uh, sideshow Hoth Han. Cool. Uh, because that, nice. that's really, really, that's cool as, as you like. And uh, the most recent purchase is the Ghostbusters Firehouse, because that is lego amazeness yeah and I, yeah so that's so that's my that's my top three of awesome. the year fantastic moving on to david tree of fording bridge the new forest hampshire uh, 
What have you, have you got anything recently, bud? I have, but not so much in um, in toy toy world. Following finally getting to see Force Awakens. Never heard of it. I was uh, late to the party there. And Steve hasn't seen it, by the way. Just in case. Have you, you give, Steve? Just in case you give anything <laughs> away. No, no, no. I'm not going to give anything away. Just in case. Um, just in case. Damn, Chris. But... Bearing in mind me and Dave have been bickering, you've now just given him oh, ammunition. Oh, sorry, ammunition. <laughs> My bad. So, uh, Love I you, bought, Dave. I bought a sea lion <laughs> from Force Awakens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't the... that the one that Chewie's Chewie's dad when he dies? Isn't oh that the one? Oh my god! That and the uh, All Creatures Great and Small cast are all in yeah. it as well. <laughs> I mean, uh, within the first five minutes. I mean, that was I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but um, nobody did. Um, no, I, 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 saw, I was... I've seen you coming, Dave. <laughs> several times right. but like yes. the um <laughs> with the uh, being, being sort of like not caught up in the hype um after seeing it i was like oh you know what i really want to get those lenticular empire magazine covers um now i saw it christmas eve and so i've literally got a few days before the new issue of empire comes out uh plus like you know Christmas and bank holidays yeah. as well to like so I, I literally went on a mission over two days to try and get all six sort of covers and that and I got them and I'm well nice. chuffed well done so uh, that, that was cool and then to add to that Royal Mail released the stamps in a special edition booklet last week it's very low key because they've only sort of released these things like a couple per post office. You know, that's literally all they've got. It's not like when they did the stamps, um, uh, you know, about two months ago. This was like a commemorative booklet. But what is really particularly nice about it is that it is Britain's involvement in the films over four decades. Nice. Um, so it looks at like the actors and then the uh, prop makers, the creatures, the special effects, the costume designers, all, all from the British side of things. But then the stamps themselves are actually then embedded in the pages of the booklet. So, and it's perforated. So you can, if you want, you know, if you really stuck, you can like tear the stamps out and use them. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> if you're they're really real, stuck. Real, you need to send but, something like then and there. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool. I mean, How many would so, it take to get a large parcel to um, Somerset? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, but uh, whilst so, I'm, whilst I am interrupting Dave, I'd just like to say I've been listening <laughs> to this show from the very beginning, and never did I think I would hear the word lenticular. Yeah. Wow. That's that was good. impressive. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a new. You've probably heard testicular a lot, yeah, but not I've heard an awful lot, but never lenticular. Yeah. Who is if I, had a, if I had a hat on, I'd be docking it to you right now. <laughs> oh, thank you. But do you, do you guys know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah. Did you see them? Yeah, the 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 yeah the Poe yeah. and Kylo and that's it. Yeah, yeah. no, they were cool. Very cool. Um, uh, so yeah, I got a, f- a, a few bits like that. Um, well, is there a character in it called Poe? Yeah, yeah, sorry, Tinky Winky. Tinky Winky (laughs) and Poe Dameron. Um, I also got my first ever, um, what do you call those things? Hand jobs. No, those, them really (laughs) things. No, them crappy things that kids buy. Oh, do you mean the Funko Funko Pops? Oh, I got my very first Funko Pop. Who from, Dave? Chris. He's a funny man. Lollops. So uh, yeah, that that was uh, that, that was a, a quite a funny little joke. Uh, opening up, it was a little Chewbacca. 
Um, so uh, a, a little Funko a little Pop Wookie from Chris there. What else did you get in, uh, that, in that package, Dave? Um, I also got a... Uh, <laughs> uh, the, there's this amazing uh, toy concept that Hasbro do called mashups. And the idea is that you collect lots of these action figures and you can pull apart all their joints bit like Mr. Potato Head. bit like Hack. Your own one. bit like Hacks. Um, exactly it only the really same. Works, it only really works if you've got more than one, yeah? Because <laughs> it's pointless otherwise. Um, but I got a mashup, and the only mashup I own, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I am uh, I'm, I'm very chuffed with it, you know. I'm, 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 I'm super touched. To, to be fair, Dave, I, I, I've actually forgot to... Um, in my section there, I forgot to uh, mention what Chris got me for Christmas. And what was that? No, that was it. Just then, that gap of space. No, 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 yeah, no, nothing, Dave. So, so oh. at least you got something from him. You know, I don't oh. think Hang on. Can we get that Simon Mayer music? <laughs> I actually have got you. I actually have got your Christmas card in the shop, Eddie. Oh. <laughs> when was this for? 1982. Or no, this yeah. was from Chris. Was <laughs> it? Yeah, I got I, I got your card, and Dave said get it to you. And um, <laughs> um, I've also got um, I also got you a present, Eddie. But um, it's oh. unfortunately held up in the factory that it's made in, so it's it's just taking a little bit of time to create. Really? Yeah. Amazing. In a lab. No. It's at yeah. It, 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 I I did mention this to you, but I'm I'm happy for you yes, to yes. I'm happy for you to mock the fact that I didn't get it for you on time, which is <laughs> which is fine. I'll just uh, I'll cry yeah. into all of the presents you bought me for Christmas, Eddie. Um, <laughs> right. It'll, um, it'll come with a happy Easter card. Yeah, yeah, it will. Or uh, what was the next thing? Uh, Valentine's Merry Day. New- <laughs> Merry New Year. <laughs> right. Dave, what are your top three, mate? So top three are actually all sort of vaguely related. Um, I had a I had a think about this, um, and it's pretty easy for me because I don't didn't get an awful lot. But um, he's going to say Funko Pops. <laughs> it's a Funko Pop Chewbacca, a Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> and some Empire magazines. <laughs> And Eddie's which, Christmas card. There's, there's six, but they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the, the best things I got in this year are Eddie's Christmas card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to like uh, keep it relevant to to what we've been like talking about. So if I start at number three, okay. it would be the Marauders Task Force figures. Um, so where I got those in, where they uh, came, what was that about? July time or so. Amazing because you, you kind of, where we've been talking about this on a monthly basis, either through it being about Marauder or with like Vitruvian hacks and like the sort of development and that, and, you know, where we where we have a, a good relationship with like uh, the guys at Boss Fight Studios and they, they you know, give us the, bo- uh, the update to like get these things then in hand, you know, it's like, that's it. It's the completed thing. It was really, really cool. And I was just kind of blown away at ultimately it's just one design, but just so 
completely customizable in so many different ways in terms terms of how you gear it up or you know the colors and how you can just like pop the bits off and do that and then you know or even in, interchange yeah. heads and accessories from the things that you already got um with them it was just like it, it's so versatile and it just it it really did not surprise me that for about a month afterwards on facebook everybody was just putting up every single kind of like different iteration of that but you know within their own you know they they were designing the figures you know it wasn't like this 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 is it this is what you get you know people were then just running with it and creating their own thing and i i loved that kind of interaction with it because sure people were more invested in it in that sense because you're not saying here's my trooper you know it's like here's my interpretation of that trooper um so i thought that was just like absolutely fantastic um, i have to that, say that's that, something that the i'm really looking forward to with the boss fight stuff now i know there's been sure. a lot of people like moaning about time and stuff but for me ordered them a long time ago paid for them a long time ago and when they eventually come that sort of idea of sitting and just yeah you're imagining already dios that you can do i mean the fact that i'm sort of saying i've bought the link figure so that in my head I can envisage a scene with them and stuff. It's just, you know, anticipation is a great part of it, and that's going to be awesome. To well, get them. Ex- exactly. I mean, you know, I'm, that is one of my big things I'm looking forward to for this year is the fact that where I've, I've had that experience with, like, the Marauder Task Force stuff, I know I'm going to get that in spades. Yeah. And then some with the Vitruvian hacks because Marauder was just one design like and then redone in a, in a variety of different ways within this there's a whole heap of different designs with that flexibility and that customizing option so you can just yeah. literally go you, you you can have that prescribed here this is what it is but you can then just go away and just do whatever you like you know and I've, I've, i'm really looking forward to getting those you know it'd be and you know it'll explode again with people just putting up picture after picture of you know oh this is it in this universe or that universe it won't be confined to greek mythology as such you know you know you're going to see a billion globuluses and things like that and that's globuli (laughs) (laughs) globals (laughs) the plural Um, of globulase (laughs) so yeah it's going to be super awesome number two (laughs) is um figure subscription big ben um, getting nice. that in uh, was uh, uh, so cool uh, and exceeded what I would have hoped for that as a as a figure and a character. You know, it, it was just so so cool, um, just beautifully done. All I kind of the the, the 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 tributes and all the gear was there. And when Chris and I, Chris and I were at, at JoeCon in um, Springfield last year. I did manage to pick up uh, a, a, just a carded vintage Big Ben, you know, in, in preparation for then getting the figure subscription one. So I've kind of like got the old version and like the new guy. Um, so, yeah, he just really cool. So, so happy with that. Uh, again, big kudos to um, Boss Fight Studio and uh, the uh, GRJ Collectors Club on that one. Um, you know, just like a superb figure. But number one... The number one spot goes to a good friend of the program, Raging Spoon, and the customs and exclusives that he did this year for, sorry, last year for Rollout Roll Call with the Space Force 2 pack and uh, Red Wolf, and then in particular uh, Baron Ironblood. You know, just 
absolutely yeah, every time he's done these it's been amazing but like you can just see that there's this progression and with, they're with so space good. they're so good yeah space force guys just literally taking those base figures of blowtorch and the heat viper and then just creating accessories that can then go over these things and the helmets are removable and they've Wee. got like the the, mm. the blue uzis and you know like uh, sort of like laser cannons that can like clip in the backpack you know just fantastic red wolf has you know using the the 50th night viper as, as the sort of base body and then like parts that are like cast to then create that kind of almost gothic looking tie fighter pilot um you know all those pieces there you know he, he just looks evil and you know just enough of a progression but also a nod back to that original figure but the one that just you know f- for me would just like topped them all was the baron ironblood yeah you know the head sculpt and the helmet were just absolutely phenomenal and it was just so beautifully done and just completely knocked out and the, out of all of them i mean i was i was looking forward to the space force guys the most because uh where hot jets was like last year you know it's like oh these guys all fit in there and i i love the characters but this was the one that i was just most taken with when I actually then saw it in hand and I was, I was just completely gobsmacked and blown away by it you know the the work and the effort that went into producing that for something that's so on the surface like a basic style figure just you know he, he just took it to a whole new level um, and you know with the with working in partnership with uh, Nick Whitmore there you know it was just absolutely phenomenal so um, uh, my number one spot goes to to uh, Rage and Spoon there for uh, his uh, custom figures for Roll at Roll Call. Fantastic. That was um, depth. <laughs> no, but very cool. I mean, Rage and Spoon, you have to kind of give it to him. I mean, those those figures he created were incredible. And I, I kind of, as, a, as an honourable mention, I must say that he made me a personal figure, which I have used since for pretty much every Marauder Task Force figure. Um, that's come through so um, I'm going to give a shout out to him for that awesome surely your head will just be like number one two and three for you no it's not (laughs) I'm leaving that out of it because you because you You so eloquently uh, you know he carries he carries it around in his urethra I do (laughs) Uh, and sometimes my bunghole because I like the feel of that Um, but uh, head head in his helmet (laughs) in terms of this the kind of recent pickups obviously we just had christmas so i got a few little prezzies in so um uh, a really cool actually from david sullivan one of the spanish guys or david uh, sanchez as he's also known david sanchez jimenez uh he's created his own marvel three and three quarter book uh, of all the marvel figures and he's been kind of like um sending them out um just as they've just been kind of published so really like kudos to him first off big shout out to the spanish um and it's a really cool book it's full of the in, the infinites and the um unit marvel universe figures it's a really cool book and much in the same vein as uh, james kavanagh uh, and his kind of guidebooks as well so there's a lot of influence there from james uh so yeah big shout out to him and thanks for sending me that um i've got a, a couple of cool prezzies uh nick wells and mass wells at in demand boys toys games and stuff sent me some nice bits and pieces including a g2 bumblebee uh which is really really nice the masterpiece one a cool t- turtles t-shirt and a where's wookie book which is just amazing 
if you guys have, <laughs> have actually seen that it's so much fun is that like where's wally it's exactly then? like where's That's... wally but with yeah. wookies and also <laughs> there is a wally in there i've i've, I've found a wally <laughs> Just kind of hiding away. It's really good, actually. Um, you'll like that. Some really good art in it, too. A little kind of personal joke kind of um, uh, present was a John Cena t-shirt because uh, <laughs> myself and a friend uh, do end up watching the wrestling every now and again for certain events, and it's uh, quite a You know a good what, laugh. Chris? I, I've just subscribed to the network. The network, yeah. He's got that, yeah. and I, I leech off him, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> and uh, it's the orange never-give-up John Cena tee, the one that he... Uh, oh, he no. wore recently in green. But um, yeah. yeah, so it's it's that bad boy. I was quite <laughs> chuffed with that. Also, I, I've got to give a mention out to my mum on this one. Uh, she, uh, for Christmas, um, and not the usual mum kind of mentions, Eddie, that we usually make on these shows, <laughs> or nans. Um, I have no idea what you're on about. <laughs> and um, she basically gave all of the people um, who were at the Christmas event at the McLeods uh, a goodie bag packed with Star Wars bits and pieces. So she filled it with candy, toys, stickers. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So um, big shout out to mum for going above and beyond. Uh, and even made Nan one as well, which she enjoyed. So, you know, amazing. On top of that, obviously the Marauder Task Force figures have just been the, the first wave or the first package has been sent out. And I managed to get hold of those. Um, I ordered quite a few, quite a few more than I remembered, but that's great because they're all fantastic. Dave's, yours are on, you're on on the way. Obviously, we went in together on that one, so we're going to have to. We've already organised splitting it up. Basically, I've taken everything. Just don't tell Dave. Um, <laughs> on the vintage Joe side, I picked up DJ from Battle Force 2000 and the variant with the minifigure inside as well. We've also got uh, Big Bear on card, Bullhorn. Um, Tiger Force Lifeline, Tiger Force Flint, Wetsuit and Leatherneck and also Destro's Despoiler which was really sexy again from Gareth Bond, thank you Gareth. I went to Vintage, um, an old toy shop in Leicester, um, shout out to Joe and picked up, This is Dave will love this, the uh, Q4C Lion and, and Steve won't. Yeah. Uh, a really nice version of it as well in a really really sexy box so um, I was really happy with that. Um, and he did me a really nice deal on it, which was cool too. And also, I did have to... This is my, my final splurge before I leave the country, and that is Zartan and the Swamp Skier. Now, the the reason it's quite a biggie is because it's the paranoid schizophrenic version on the file card, which was removed after about, I think, a month of being out. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. Uh, it's which great. lion version was it, Chris? Oh, sorry. Uh, it's, which... it's just the UK version. Um, no, no, but... Um... Grey Dolphin or version one? Version one. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's the um, yeah, it's the one with the commander. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm yeah again I'm very very stoked about those purchases. Um. In terms of top three of 2015, um, it's it's a tough one because I did buy a lot of toys in 2015, but a few kind of stand out. A few honourable mentions. I want to kind of say the BB-8 from Force Awakens, the the Sphero BB-8 is incredible. But I haven't put him in because I wanted to stick to the kind of, you know, the, the, the traditional kind of aspect. He would have been like my my favourite of all time of everything, really. He's, he's great. But I'm going to have to go with three, uh, the Jurassic Park command compound, which is just amazing. I, I decided I wanted to kind of get the whole run of Jurassic Park toys last year. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And the command compound popped up at one of the cons and I was like, I have to jump on that and it's great it's wonderful so that one 
um i, I you know I've, I've actually got in my bedroom still just kind of like keep looking at it it's fantastic at number two i probably have to say out of the transformers masterpiece figures that i picked up last year the ava prime one i got uh from andy at kapow is just amazing the kind of evangelion repaint of uh, optimus prime it's just incredible and i'm like a sucker for repaints and that is just one of those figures that i keep looking at and going oh this is amazing and yeah that's that has to be kind of up there too in that top three as for the number one i'm gonna have to cheat here and say the tiger force versus iron grenadiers box set and exclusives from joe con 2015 i mean it was amazing to go out there for the second time uh, springfield illinois usa with dave the whole boss fight and Justin Bell road trip was just amazing. And because of that, it made these figures and these amazing exclusives so much more important. And so I'd have to put them at number one. It's hard to pick one specifically, but I'll have to go with the helicopter, the Tiger Hawk. It is incredible. And um, we can pop that in as my number one, along with the, uh, the collection, the set and the other exclusives. Big props to the collectors club for that one so they're my top three of this 2015 come in action force acknowledge continuing on our 2015 countdown we have the top five gi joe comics of 2015 coming in at number five is transformers versus gi joe number eight this title is one of the most insane comics i have ever read in my life and number eight was tip of that iceberg Join or die. When this title dropped, I felt a disturbance in the force, as if two sets of collective fandoms were left scratching their heads in disbelief. Many people's initial reaction to the art and quite honestly disjointed storytelling was a negative one. But then something else happened. Instead of responding strongly online, there was a pause. It was necessary to take a step back and look at this for what it was. The art started to make sense, and the story began to intrigue and excite the readers. Since the initial feeling, I've noticed a very positive outlook to this book. I myself was a disbeliever, but now I look forward to the mental acrobatics this title makes me perform. Issue number 8 was a particular highlight, as it had Billy being torn limb from limb, Snake Eyes in trouble, General Flag looking badass behind the President's desk, Omega Supreme battling Astro Train, Pretenders, Cobra Law, or Cobra La, and more importantly, Prime vs. Megatron, which Megatron seems to win in devastating fashion. This comic has slowly become a guilty pleasure, but I don't feel so guilty anymore. Number four of the top five G.I. Joe comics of 2015 is G.I. Joe Snake Eyes Agent of Cobra number five. This uh, title in general is pretty much overlooked by much of the fandom, which I can understand. It's the Mike Costa writing and the fantastic artwork really put a great spin on the Snake Eyes character. And number five, entitled The Silent Warrior, there's always something very satisfying about a good old ninja fight, and there's no better ninjas in the G.I. Joe universe than Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. The art is dramatic, the fight is a bloody good one, and what more could you ask for apart from maybe unkilling Snake Eyes and a real American hero? I was pleasantly surprised at how much I loved the Snake Eyes Agent of Cobra title overall, especially because I'm not really a big fan of Snake Eyes, and issue number five is kind of a shining example of that. Number three of the top five G.I. Joe comics of 2015 is G.I. Joe The Fall of G.I. Joe number five. It was a real shame Karen Travis wasn't allowed the full extent of a planned 12-issue run to properly develop this interesting story. The art was beautifully dealt with by Steve Kerf and expertly colored by Keita Young, but unfortunately we didn't get the ending that, well, anybody wanted. The final issue felt rushed and tried to tie up the loose ends, which meant that it didn't quite hit the storytelling timing stride that would have made for a suspenseful and dramatic conclusion. That said, issue number 5 was a real belter. 
we saw political intrigue delivered by Tomax Paoli, hideous torture methods to extract information, the Baroness showing us more of her skill set this time as a sniper, and Roadblock and Big Ben getting into a heavy firefight. Chalk another mark up for the UK and the SAS. For number two on the top five G.I. Joe comics of 2015, I have to admit we cheated just a little bit. Uh, we kind of took three separate issues and mushed them together. It's The Return of Soprento or Death of Snake Eyes, uh, issue number 211, 212, 213. We put three issues in at number two. Uh, added for obvious reasons, it's the first time since their epic introduction in issue number 188 and 189 that we see the Red Shadows again. Uh, the Black Major, Red Laser, and Shadow Track and Hyena all make their debuts over the three issues, and in such an important story arc as well. Adam Rich's wonderful cover for number 212 is another reason it appears on our list. And number one, the best G.I. Joe comic of 2015. How could it be anything else than G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 214, The Death of Snake Eyes, Part 3. A sad moment for many Joe fans as we finally say goodbye to an icon. A brave move on Larry's part to kill off one of the most iconic characters in comics history. But as we all know, nobody really dies in comics. Or at least that's what I keep telling myself to hold back the tears. The issue is a silent one, homaging the wonderful and usually significant silent interlude, which helped to cement Snake Eyes into G.I. Joe folklore, as well as incredible and legendary backstory. We see every active Joe possible pay their respects, and all the vehicles in the Real American Hero universe come out to show just how much this soldier was regarded by his fellow troops. A very somber moment, and not since Marvel's final issue, number 155, had I felt anything like that sizable swell of emotion. And that's the top 5 G.I. Joe comics of 2015 to go along with the top 10 G.I. Joe news stories of 2015. Back to the show. Time to go bye-bye or boom-boom! Which basically moves us on to shout-outs. Any specific ones for uh, Steve? Do you want to give any shout-outs to anyone, Steve? Uh, well, I would just like to say thanks for having me on, for starters. No I've been trying to slag Dave off quite a bit for a while now, and it's been a great opportunity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love, love you really, Dave. Uh, Join the no. queue. <laughs> no, joking aside, it's, it's really nice to have been on, guys, so that's awesome. Um, so that features heavily in my shout-outs, because I'd like to thank Eddie for basically bankrolling me for the last year. That's, that's been <laughs> lovely. <laughs> no, um, but as you know joke with it but when I, th- I guess like most collectors you're really sentimental with your collection and you build it up and each one tells a story to you personally so then when it does come to you know perhaps moving some stuff on it just really helps that you know that it's going to somebody who does appreciate it and they you know it's like selling to sort of a... <laughs> to... I'm trying to be nice to Eddie come on That's it's nice. hard um, you know so it's like selling to a somebody who just gets gets it so uh, so no that's always been awesome Eddie and we never really negotiate very hard it's just like yeah what do you think this is worth yeah me too two quid yeah <laughs> well, funnily enough I've never done a two quid deal Dave but that's that's because we have quality items <laughs> wow wow I've got a feeling this is going to be Dave's nemesis oh, <laughs> so um, so Dave's quietly seething <laughs> No. So, um, <laughs> second one of my shout-outs was Dave, because obviously, um, you know, you might have guessed by that from the whole archive stories, we've gone back quite some years, and we haven't really been that good at keeping in touch lately, so it's just really, you know, nice to nice to be on on a level and chatting and stuff. So, I so yeah, myself just, I wouldn't cry. 
Yeah, you know, so you know what, Chris, I'll thank you as well, just because you're here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's um that, that's, so, that, that's, the, that's the that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me on this show can i just add um, you're welcome <laughs> um, no, that's no, lovely. That's, so um no so that's you know and i I'll obviously thank my wife for putting up with me because I'm now um, eating into DVD night to be chatting with you guys. So Sorry, dude. House, so, but she won't listen to this, so we're okay. Brilliant. <laughs> no, I, I think cool. uh, Nick and Mass ID Toys, as always, um, Boss Fight Studio. Oh, also Dave Shorter for actually um, reaching his target goal for his Akbar book as well. So big shout out to Great. Dave and Sid on that one. Lols. And um, who else? Uh, Joe at Leicester as well. That was nice to meet him. I was just going to call him Joe Lester. Boss Jester. Fight, we said them. What's on Joe Mind? Thanks for jumping on with us and doing the whole news and the, the year in review stuff. Justin Bell, obviously, for posting our episodes on Generals Joe's. Uh, any others, guys? Uh, I got one. Bill Ledson, he rang up to say that he's coming to roll out roll call. Fantastic. Awesome. So, everybody's going to get to meet Bill. Whee! Let Um... <laughs> Uh, that brings us to the end of another great show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to our wonderful guest presenter, Steve Dawson, for joining us on this episode. To the Wadjam crew for helping out with the news and a year in review. To Dave and Eddie. And to all our listeners, enjoy your New Year's resolutions of not f***ing or minimising the amounts of time you stick your wangs in blenders. Full force. Or keyholes. Yeah, or keyholes. Exactly. Yes. P-hole keyholes. So, uh, yeah. Wang blender. See you on the next one. <laughs> Wang blender has to be the version of the podcast. <laughs> uh, it sounds like an Oriental James Bond villain, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm like going to be calling job. people wang blenders all week now. <laughs> <laughs> He's just being a wang blender. Wang blenders. <laughs> it works, doesn't it? Yeah. Goodbye and thank you for listening to The Full Force.